Looks like you've been sleeping well. Megan, he's back. The my pillow guy. And you're looking good. I'm still feeling good. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, we've got the best pillow ever, my pillow 2.0. When I invented my pillow, it had everything you'd ever want in a pillow. Well, now there's new technology that makes it even better. My Pillow 2.0 has my patented fill combined with a cooling fabric with temperature regulating thread. My Pillow 2.0 is truly the next generation of My Pillow. The best sleep just got even better. Whether you have a My Pillow or not, you need to get the brand new My Pillow 2.0. Call or go to mypillow.com now. Use your promo code and for a limited time when you buy one, you'll get a second one absolutely free. You're sleeping even better and cooler too. And you're looking good. Feeling good. I knew you would. Visit mypillow.com. There's a couple things that I never miss any day ever, and, and one of them is Cardio Miracle. If I could have, I would have started taking this when I was 20. I began taking Cardio Miracle. And as I did that, almost within a few weeks, I could feel a difference in my energy level. Cardio Miracle has been a game changer in my life. Since I've been taking Cardio Miracle on a very consistent basis, my recovery time is amazing. I really want to be a walking testimonial of what Cardio Miracle does for the body. I just feel, I feel good all over when I take it. For me, Cardio Miracle is my future insurance policy for a great life and pushing life like I've always done and feeling great while I'm doing it. Being on Cardio Miracle has created a pathway for me to be normal, to be healthy. I really feel like, like Cardio Miracle has extended my husband's life. It's been amazing. For me as a doctor, Cardio Miracle is a staple. I have seen Cardio Miracle improve the lives of many of my patients with many different types of chronic conditions. This is something that's actually made a huge difference and it's staying that way. It's not just a, a fluke, it's real. Cardio Miracle is one of the best things that ever happened to me because when I was searching, I was able to find it. Cardio Miracle for me has really been a blessing in my life. It's just been a, a special experience for me to be able to have Cardio Miracle. So basically for a 97-year-old, I think that I uh, feel a little more like maybe 87. <laughs> Cardio Miracle's made it so that I can I, I can live day to day without drama and trauma. If you want to know how important Cardio Miracle is to me, I've got my family on. You know, I don't know anything more powerful than to say, I have my own family doing this. You know, we want to live our best lives, so I'm doing what I can, and Cardio Miracle is one of the best tools I have on a daily basis. Adding Cardio Miracle, it's like a secret weapon to your health. Everyone should use Cardio Miracle. Cardio Miracle will always be a part of my life. Cardio Miracle for me and my husband has, has saved our life, literally. I am so in love with this. I want everybody to know because if we don't feel healthy, we can't help other people. Cardio Miracle gives me the boost that I need to tackle all the tasks that I have every single day. It was indeed a difference maker when I got on the Cardio Miracle. I'm achieving things I couldn't do even when I was younger. Cardio Miracle for us, for me, for my family, was a lifesaver. 
Cardio Miracle for me and my family has been, it's just, it's been a miracle. I wouldn't even be functioning without Cardio Miracle, I know for a fact. And so I say, thank you, Cardio Miracle. That's, that's one of those miracles in my life that I'm grateful for. We will never be without Cardio Miracle. Cardio Miracle to me is hope in a glass. When you create nitric oxide, you are igniting the spark of life in the cell. It is the miracle molecule. That's why we call this Cardio Miracle, because of nitric oxide and what it can do for the whole body. It's time to resist. They can't arrest us all. And they can't keep all your kids home from school. They can't keep every government building closed. We don't have to accept the mandates, lockdowns, and harmful policies of the petty tyrants and feckless bureaucrats. We can simply say no, not again. The only way to stop these mandates is to refuse to comply, refuse to show vaccine passports, refuse to wear a mask, refuse to stay at home. We will not comply with Fauci. We will not comply with Joe Biden. And we will not comply with authoritarian governors. I am not going to comply. This ends now. Sunday morning after church, the preacher was shaking hands. A little boy walked up and said, Can I please talk to you, preacher man? He said, My daddy left my mama and me, and it's been a couple years. And my mama's boyfriend don't like me much, especially after a couple of beers. 
Sometimes when he hits me, I close my eyes real tight And I wish that place you always talk about was real with all my might Is heaven real? Cause I can't wait to go Well, the preacher man didn't know what to say And before the little boy turned and walked away The preacher said, son, would you like to pray? Right there, the little boy hit his knees And he cried out, Lord, help me please Cause I don't know how much more pain I can take And he looked up with him, tears in his eyes he said, preacher, man, I don't want to die But I just want to know if there's a better place Is heaven real? Cause I can't wait to go Preacher man got a call Little boys in a hospital Doing bad and a mama's boyfriend's Running from along When the preacher walked In the boy's hospital room A little boy whispered Can you see him too There's an angel standing right beside you Preacher man Now I know Heaven's real And I can't wait to get there Welcome back, fuckers, to another episode of Freedom Gardens. Heather's back with us. Put yourself forward so everyone can see you. Hello. Hello. Oh, so thank you all for joining us so early this morning. It's a little crazy. Um, Our life is a little crazy right now. With St. Patrick's Day right around the corner, Mick is actually currently at the uh, Tybee Parade helping get it set up. And I get to give Seamus a bath after this because he's nasty. Um, and then bring the dogs out to uh, to the parade. It do should be have, a fun time, though. Do, so. they have, uh, hmm? do they have like bandanas or anything? Are they are they greened out? Oh, yeah. uh, Annie has a green harness oh. um, and they both have green leashes. Oh. So, I mean, they're they're Irished out 
by blood, I by know. birth. No, so. I know. We celebrate being Irish every day. You know, I don't, that's, I don't that's need how it. it is, so. I don't need a special day for that. But every time I go to the store, I get so mad. And Taylor's mm-hmm. like, what's the matter with you? I was like, you know what? I was like, they go from fucking New Year's to Singles Awareness Day, and they skip right over St. Patrick's Day, and they go right to fucking... There's like one tiny like, little end like, cap of there's St. Like Patrick's Day stuff, There's like four pieces of it. fucking merchandise. Like, that's ridiculous. They don't, they don't even make Reese's Shamrocks. Now, that's some bullshit. That, that they make it bullshit. for every other holiday, but no they don't shit. make it for the fucking... You know... We get screwed every time. Seriously. Rude. The Irish really do get screwed every time. Right, and I've worked in retail for a yeah. million years, and I would say it every year to our <laughs> merchandisers. I'm like, what the fuck? You don't like us? Like, what the fuck? I was like, why do I get like a fucking ugly ass plastic fucking leprechaun hat and a headband? Like, this is bullshit. You need more stuff in here. Yeah. Anyway. No kidding. I always have to order my stuff, which now I have so much stuff. It's not even funny. It's ridiculous. And I just found a whole box of stuff. So I should go through that stuff. It's there's so much of it. Yeah. I feel your clothes. Girl, I have so many clothes. It's not even funny. But, and uh, our son had his, uh, his play last night, his debut. Well, I'm gonna go. Tomorrow. You're going tomorrow. Yeah, we're going Excellent. tomorrow. Um, his stage debut. He stole the show. It was pretty funny. He had three lines, but he was in every single scene, every dancing scene, every singing scene. Kid can sing, um, and he can dance too. But like, not necessarily true. Everyone else <sighs> up on the stage. So anyway, they're in places. He he it's did a lot. His dad. He did a lot of jazz hands. Oh, You'll great. see. It's amazing. It's so he was so good. I'm so, so excited to go. Um, so that was that was really that was really fun. Cause uh, you know, I worry about him sometimes. Why? Oh, because you bubble. <laughs> huh? Because of his bubble? Well, yes. And we were just talking about that the other day. We were talking about that uh, this morning because you know I'm gonna adjust my yeah. sitting position so I can feel like a grown up and not a toddler over here. Oh, because you're so small. Right. But if I I know that's why I always do that. <sighs> I always sit. Crisscross applesauce. Yeah, I have to. Oh, look at me. <laughs> look at like you. Yay. Um, like, I feel like we've kept him so so sheltered. And he's 16 now. And he's hot. And he's tall. And he's super skinny. And he's he is. So skinny. Um, do, you, do you hear that? I do hear that. Okay. I don't know what this what it is, but it's driving me nuts. Like, are we loose or something? I don't know. Nick's uh, microphone here is being pissy. No, I get this little, I get like a little static sound. Yeah. I don't know if it's your microphone or my microphone. Hold on. Okay. We'll see. That's better. Yeah. <sighs> it's a little better. I don't know what's going on with that. I don't know. Live production. Okay. Very weird. Okay. Okay. I don't know. Anyway, All so right. back to the bubble. I do hear what you're saying about, uh, I mean, so I didn't <laughs> keep DJ in the bubble. I know. We just, we were so wild when we were, were kids. We. Well, well, that's the other thing. Well, and that's what I said. And we earlier. did everything. You can't pretend like we weren't doing fucked up shit when we were. When he age. was his age? Oh my when God. When was his age? I mean, I had already done meth. Like, what do you mean? Like, I've, I mean, I hadn't gotten that far, but I'd done pretty much everything else. Um, well, I mean, I'm allergic to almost everything, yeah, so, you know. But I'm I, just saying, you know but what I mean? I mean, like I started just... smoking weed regularly when I was 15. Yeah. I and mine was like 14. I think I started smoking cigarettes when I was 15, I was 16. 13. 13. Um, I smoked my first one at 13, but then yes. I got... Oh, no, my first one, I was nine. I right? got bronchitis, like, <laughs> the next day. And so I associated that with the, yeah. for a long time, mm-hmm. so I didn't smoke. 
cigarettes for quite some time after that. Um, but like, I mean, we were, you know, we were out partying. We were, we were going I mean, to, I wasn't allowed we were to going the to house. raves. We were fucking, oh, no, you know, we were that. like tripping on acid and like, no, I, didn't do <clears throat> I did all that shit. So, I mean, but, um, I, you by know, the time I was hitches, it was, and I'm like, I look at him and I'm like, you're so sheltered. But at the same time, like I was saying, it, yeah, he is. But at least he has common sense. It's not like we're, he's smart. He is ridiculously smart. He is. But he also has, you know, independent thinking skills and deductive reasoning skills. You know, he's not dumb. Like he's definitely, you know, yeah. It's not like he's just book smart. We didn't shelter him that much. It's not like anything that has ever come it's out hard, of our well, mouth. It's hard to be sheltered that much in this house. Right. Honestly. I mean, every time I like apologize, he's like, you said the same shit when I was like five. Yeah. I'm like, I know, but I'm trying to be more conscious of it when there's other people's children around. But then I'm like, you know what? Okay. He's like your child. I know. I, I talk mean, to DJ the same way I talk to you. It doesn't like, I matter. Talk, I talk to Connor the same way. And he's just, you know, whatever. He doesn't, I mean. I know. But but I'm not really good at not. I, so, I, but I wonder with him sometimes if he puts on the same face that his father does. Oh, his avatar? I mean, in when he's confronted with anything that really disturbs him, he just like shuts it down, shuts it off. Oh, Taylor's like that too. You know? Yeah. And I, I know it's something where I think it's something Mick learned. No, it's not something Mick learned in the military. It's something Mick learned from his dad. Oh, well, it's generational. Well, exactly. Well, I say it's that generational. Too like when, when I say, when I say to Connor, I was like, you have to understand. He's like, my parents don't let me do anything. Like you have to understand. First of all, we were fucking assholes when we were your age. Yeah, I said, and we didn't even live in the same state. And I still know that she was a fucking asshole. And I didn't even know your dad then, but I know she was an asshole because, yeah, I know you. Yeah, and I was like, and on top of that, I was like, your dad grew up in what, like a super strict Irish Catholic military household. I was like, he doesn't know, like, any other way to be. Like that is just how that generation is. I said, it just gets passed down. I was like, you know, I was like, and he, and also he knows they. He was doing fucked up shit too. As he's just, they're just trying to save you those life traumas, but we can't really save them from everything because you know what happens. They're completely fucking useless. Yeah. Like they can't, they can't think for themselves. They don't know how to, you know, interact with other people or handle anything that's a really big challenge. Because let's face it, you go out into I don't even like going out into the fucking world right now. Well, people suck. Because they're fucking dumb and they said they are yes. fucking dumb. I'm sorry, but most <laughs> I people are having to say that, but it, it does every time I go to the store, I'm just like, oh, yes. Like I said with Connor, you, I mean, he's yes, maybe we don't, he has not physically done and been exposed to many things, but he has had to hear it <laughs> just he, right. Like he we has. didn't censor what he heard, we didn't censor really what he watched. You know what I mean? We did, you did do the uh, whole screen time thing. That's, you know. Yeah. That shit went out the window. I minimized his screen time when he was a kid when after, kid, yeah. you know, because it was just, it was. Because it takes over their brain. It does. It, does. it like, it breaks their brains. It really uh, does. You know, actually, they do say that. It people, retrains their brains. But they do say that people who, um, you know, those gamers and everything, that they're like some of the best computer people and uh, aviation navigators because they're used to having to do all that. Calculating. Like they yeah. had 10 second, mm -hmm. 30 second clips. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I, I get yeah. that. It's just their smart is different than our smart. Yeah. Does, if that makes sense. I don't know how to explain that. Like even DJ is not really great with computers, but he can play video. I mean, he's always been able to do that. And I watch I him mean, with his little fingers, I, his little fingers going like 90 miles a minute. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck is going on? He's like, oh, I have to hit all these buttons to me. I'm like, 
There have I can't been even instances. use a fucking remote control on an Xbox. What do you mean? Me neither. I can't even use a fucking mouse half the time. Uh, yeah, oh I lose right. it a lot. This shit. All right. Now we're, now we're fucking being slow and freezing. Oh, no. This is no way. No. Hold on a second. Let me see what the fuck is going on here. Um, okay. Do we have too many things? No, we don't have anything. I, think I didn't think I had anything else. All right. Hold on one second, guys. We're gonna we're gonna leave the studio and come right back. Okay. No, it's still fucking. What the fuck? It's still being slow as shit. I don't know what's going on. Our internet's good. Literally nothing is running. Wow. Okay. Anyway. All right. Well, good morning to everyone in the chats here. Um. I literally have no videos running. I have nothing running. And actually, let me do something real quick. Hold on, guys. Give me just a second. All right. Maybe that's a little better. Hmm. Let me see. I don't know what the hell's going on with that. Anyway. So. Where were we before this? All right. Before we froze. <laughs> right? Oh, I forgot. Well, uh, we were talking about the bubble, the bubble, the bubble. So the interesting thing is though, that now our child is popular. He's very likable, which He's we never very were likable. Oh no. I mean, I knew like, I don't, I'm not a big fan of clicks. Like, so when I exactly. was, when I was in high school, it was like, I talked to everybody, but well, and he's, he's like, not, he's with, not like, clicky. any particular group and neither, neither did DJ when yeah. he was in school. And he like, we had the most diverse kids over every weekend when, you know, DJ was in high school. And I think that that's great. Like, so I think that's probably why he's popular because he's like really, you know, well like, now he's like outgoing and he has that, you know, Mick may not want to like agree, but he has that like bubbly. Yeah. Oh yeah. Little, he's definitely an extrovert. Yeah. yeah. A, a thousand percent. Yes. Um, no, he being in the play, he made friends with a bunch of seniors. Like they really liked him. Well, that's good. And that trickles down, right? DJ you get that trickle down effect. And so Mick even told him, he was like, you know, if you decide you want to stay in your school, because he's moving right. schools next year, you know, now is the time to let us know because we have to tell them by the end of this month right. that we're, you're withdrawing for next year. And he was like, No, no, I don't I don't want to move schools. And I was like, you know, your reputation will follow you. Right. And we're not moving that far, you know. Right. I mean, it's I mean, still within the general vicinity. Um, it's thirty minutes away. They even right. compete in some. Yeah. I was like, so you know, your reputation will follow you. So if you're popular now, you'll be popular. You'll walk into the new school popular. All right. Um. Uh, or. Yeah. Just depends. I was never one of those. But it's kind of. It's also a. It's a mindset too. Oh, absolutely. As much as anything right. else. But he had gotten to the point. You had said that he wasn't like. He didn't give a fuck anymore. I mean, can you blame him? I think we've all hit that part, <laughs> that yeah. point quite a bit actually lately. And they're, they're not immune to the things that are going on in the world. You know, they get to that point too. Like they. So that, and that's the other thing that really concerns me. So um, one of the people that, uh, that he's met recently mm -hmm. um, got busted for going to school wasted drunk like had vodka in their water bottle and went up to one of the teachers like, <laughs> like got fucking 
right. overprivileged white kids. Isn't that what we're talking about well, right now? <laughs> okay. That's like a totally. And so, um, and then they, they blood tested mm-hmm. and oh. they found weed, mm-hmm. which, and oh, don't know how that got there. Anyway, I mean, but then, so what'd the kid do? They played the suicide card. Oh, I fucking hate that card. <laughs> I hate that card. But also you have to wonder, there's got to be a reason why that kid is doing that. Exactly. And that's my point. Like there's a, now, there's some trigger. There's something going on there for this kid to be drinking at school. And I mean, I mean, we all smoke. When we're exactly. But to be like drinking at school and then, you know, saying like they want to kill themselves, they're suicidal. I, th- I think probably at every every teenager at some point goes through this suicidal phase. I, I have to say that I, it's not a phase I've ever gone or through. With at all least of my mental health issues, that and, is not a phase I've ever Entertained the thought, had it flicker through your head, nothing, no. never? Not for myself, no. Okay. I've okay. definitely thought about killing other people for fucking real, but not, yeah. not myself, no. I yeah. just, uh, it's just not, like, I just don't think that anybody else's bullshit is worth. Yeah me doing that to myself. So I just, just don't, I mean, but I get it. Like I totally get it. And it's one of the things that drives me crazy. And like so many people are battling with their mental health every day. They don't feel like they have anybody they can talk to. So that is where they go. My husband is suicidal. And it's something that he's struggled with since, you know, he was a teenager and he has just recently opened up about it. Like within the last, after we got married. Yeah. So within the last couple of months, cause we've only been married for like three months now. I don't even know. Yeah. Well, See, and I don't understand depression because it's not something that I've right. ever gone through. Right. Like, in fact, when when Justin killed himself, before we found out about it, um, so from the time he killed himself until we found out about it the next morning, uh-huh. I couldn't stop crying. Yeah. And I didn't know why. Well, I've always been highly in tune to but the Mick, people that were close to But you. Mick is looking at me and he was like, you're depressed. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I've never been depressed in my entire life. Like depression isn't something that I understand because I feel like it's a mindset. Oh, we're going to have that talk. <laughs> but well, hold, and I, I, I mean, I, I want it. I want to have that talk. But, um, and then we found out that, you know, the next morning that, that Justin had killed himself and I was like, or then the next afternoon actually. And I was like, okay, well, and then I really was depressed. Right. For the first time in my life. Well, grief is different. And it hits us differently at different ages. Yeah. You know, what you experienced when you were younger really didn't have, like, your response, your grief response was you being an asshole when you were a teenager. That's just my how that response when I, when I was a teenager was to fuck everything that was moving. I know. I was, you know, <laughs> trying to put you there, but you know, okay. like, just saying it's a, com- it's a very common and response. It's a, no, it's a very common to, response to, to a, a, a young teenage girl it, uh, losing to, her father figure. Yes. Yeah. It's very, it's very common, especially to, to validate life. Like that's right. the best way to, honestly, that's the best way to, to know that you're still alive. Get right. laid. Oh, I'm a big fan. Seriously. <laughs> um, that's a, a way a lot of people used to cope with death. Well, that's anymore. a way a lot of people cope with a lot of things. I yeah. mean, that was something that, uh, you know, Taylor and I touched on when we got together. Cause I was like telling him, I was like, you know, I think you might have like anxiety or depression. And it took like, well, like I said, we've been together for what, three years now. So he's been doing the, uh, 
like solidly doing the mental health journey since I'm going to say August, right? He's made huge. He has grown so much, you know, in person. <coughs> Um, he <coughs> listens to audiobooks, he watches videos, he motivational speakers, like all of this stuff, whatever, you know, yeah. helps him, explains it to him. So it helps, gives him like more information because I am not good at explaining things to him because we are on two totally different yeah, comprehensive levels, right? Um, so I was like, well, do this, right? And so since then, he's, he's really uh, come out like talking about like things that happened to him when he was younger, uh, you know. Even still, like he was just talking to me the other day, like he was saying how he gets mad because it was like his parents didn't teach him anything. And we're not lying. We, we've discussed this. His, yeah, his parents taught him nothing. Taught him nothing. They didn't give him any advantages in life at all. But since we've been together, like he had all these goals when we first got together, which for me were the goals that I had. With the 12 year age difference, it was. She totally robbed the cradle. It wasn't on purpose. Mm -hmm. It should happen. Um, but the person, when I would, they're not, people aren't the same. So he was born in 1990. I was born in 1978. Yeah. I bought my first house before I turned 21. Mm -hmm. I've been supporting a household and paying the bills since I was 17 years old. So it's not like there. Yeah. So my goals were everything about being independent. You've Having been an adult since you were 15. Yeah. yeah. Like it's always been like anything yeah. that can provide any form of independence would be, you know, a driver's license, a car, a passport, a fucking yeah. whatever. No, I hear Three you. Three jobs I mean, at a time. But he I graduated, I graduated high school when I was 17. I was out. Like the, right, soon as I, as soon as I graduated, I was, and the only reason I graduated at 17 was because my mom wouldn't let me graduate at 16. Right. Because I was too young. Right. She felt I was too young. So she made me wait, even though I'd already finished all the school. Right. Like she made me wait an extra semester until I was technically 17 to graduate. And and then I was then I was out. I was like out of the house for my 18th birthday. I got a fucking U-Haul. Get the rest of your shit yeah. out of my house. Like I get that. No, I mean, I. You know, but kids today, kids I mean, that, now well, they can't. I mean, it's not even just that they don't have the skills because they don't teach them in school at all. No, it's period. an indoctrination but camps. It's, it's not also it's not about learning anything that life skills, especially. They literally cannot afford it. We can barely fucking afford it. Yeah, no shit. And we're fucking grownups. Exactly. Like, I like to think I'm a grownup. I've yeah. been a responsible human for a really long time. I mean, now. I don't like to think I'm a grownup, but unfortunately, yeah, a, life yeah. has thrust that responsibility onto me. I mean, it's absolute bullshit. Being really an adult is. is like I really want to give that super title back. It's super expensive, super expensive for the lack of fun that we get to have. Yep. Right. And we cannot, we could not, our purpose cannot be to just work and pay bills like it can't be like that can't be what life is about and i think that that is also a big contributing factor to the mental health i tell you what that are expanding or not even expanding it's just people are more conscious they're more i think just going into covid like yes mental health is always something that everybody's talking something i've talked about openly mm -hmm. for many many years well i think the social the isolation and i think the isolation the two years of isolation really highlighted absolutely all of those deeply hidden suppressed issues that people well, have been dealing with either they're alone and when you're alone and you only have your brain to be in that is not a safe place to be is dangerous right depends so on your brain you, but you yes. put yourself you know into this really bad depression because you start thinking about things that you did when you're younger blah blah or how many people and i'm not just going to say women just people in general like now you are isolated at home with your abuser see all day well that's true too. every day well hold on so something you said there though about depression about you know, you start thinking about things you did in the past. See, and this is this is what I've always said about depression and anxiety. Depression is worry about the past. I know that's what you think, yes. And anxiety 
is worry about the future. See, and I want to say that that's right, because in if you think about it in a logical fashion, that it would be what it mm-hmm. is. But you are not a type of person. The only thing you struggle with is fucking ADHD, bitch. But you do not have. <laughs> that's why I smoke so much weed. Any, any, you know, like you don't have you just are fortunate enough to not have that imbalance. Well, I come from yeah, two sides of highly, you know, people who are both highly, you know, addictive personalities. My dad has depression. My mom was batshit motherfucking crazy. We're pretty sure she was schizophrenic and bipolar, whatever. She's fucking nuts. But Tr- it was truly all- the devil's mother-in-law. <laughs> and, you know, yes. so that's something that I've always, like, always been exposed to. So not knowing like now when I look back, I'm like, oh yeah. Like, or like now when I look back at, you know, DJ and I'm like, oh, when he was like, he was totally showing the signs of anxiety at like four or five years old because my energy, because I had such bad anxiety. Like I had high functioning anxiety. That's why I had either two or three jobs and I was, you know, constantly on the go. Because I had that, you know, hypervigilance. I have to be completely independent, have to be able to do everything on my own, blah, blah, blah. And that's how, Except that he went the other way, right? So he is not money motivated at all. <laughs> yeah. Right? That kid, and I wish that that was, I, I don't understand that because what else is there, right? For a 25-year-old guy to be into pussy and money. Like, what's going on? Like, that's what they're supposed to be into at that age. But whatever. But he says, who? Like, I mean. Because that's how it was when we were growing up, but it's not that way anymore. I mean. Maybe that's what fucked us in the first place. Yeah. Money and pussy. And drugs. And drugs. Oh, no, absolutely. I'm not saying that that's not a true statement. But you also have to look back. Substance abuse, there's recreational use, right? Like, lots of people can use drugs recreationally Mm -hmm. and just go on vacation and party for a week and be a complete degenerate piece of shit and then just come back back home and just be fine. Go back to work and be Go back to work like it was nothing and never do it again for another five years when they go on fucking vacation, right? So there are people out there that are like that. But then, you know, there's the people who use it as a coping mechanism. Like with Taylor, he started drinking when he was like, I think he said he was like 13 or something like that. He actually didn't. Now, I mean, I don't know how to be like, oh, I didn't start drinking until, like I didn't drink like, a person who liked to drink until I was, till I got married when I was like 26. But I would, you know, every now and then. I drank pretty I hard. I did not. After my dad died when I, I was like because tw- my dad was 13, 14, 15. Yeah. But, but I mean, but I, but at that point I, I've grown up with alcohol with on the alcohol table, life, right? you know, so it I wasn't mean, something that, you know, we were drinking beers with, with them when they our were dads when we were like three or four or five like, years old. So, right. you know, no one cared. Um, like fuck, we'd go to parties and, and we'd be like, is there anything for us to drink? Um, oh, there's, have a sip. there's beer. Have a sip. I was like 10 years old when I got, no. So I was three months done. old when my dad gave me my, I think first full beer before that he was just splitting with water. I think I was like eight or nine years old and it was one of my aunt's kids uh, mm-hmm. christening party or whatever. Yeah. And I was just walking around taking steps out of everybody's beautiful. Yeah. Right. Cause those things are awesome. And yeah. I did, my mom was like, she's gotta go sit outside. Look, her Irish is showing. She's all, face is all fucking red. Like, and I'm like, what? Like I had to go sit outside by myself. But I, like I said, I wasn't because my dad was an alcoholic and my, yeah. And then my grandmother on my mom's side of the family, she was a, alcoholic and i just it's just i don't like drunk people i don't like being drunk people i don't want to deal with drunk people like it's just it sucks right so i didn't really drink even in moderation until like i said until i was like 26 years old that doesn't mean i didn't do other things but 
See, and it's not hard. Like I honestly, I don't think I've really had a drink in a couple weeks now. Um, I had a beer with uh, Ryan on Super Bowl, and that was probably the first that's first beer I've had since. Maybe I I had a I, I had wine. Wedding, I had and a, I had one beer. At the I wedding. bought a bottle of wine a couple days ago and and drank that actually. But like wine doesn't really count. I know eh. it does, and it does have like a higher alcohol content than some other. But you know we're we're like we're tightening the belt right now. Everyone's strapped for right. cash. Everyone Everybody, knows this. Um, so you know I'm like. Uh, you know, Mick's like, hey, go, you know, can you go grab me some beer? I'm like, mm, no. We got to start making that shit at home. I'm like, you know what? Like, we we literally have a full bar. We have every yes, alcohol you, you can possibly imagine. Yes, you do. Drink that. Like, drink that. <laughs> I mean, I'm about to make a gallon of Bailey's for St. Patrick's Day. And I'll drink the shit out of that. Um, but. Like a drink drink, no. You know. Yeah, it's just, you know, ever since Taylor stopped drinking and I. Ever since I had the surgery and I can't really tolerate the drinking. Yeah. It's very disappointing. I get the hangover before I even get to finish the second drink most of the time. It's the absolute fucking worst. So I just don't bother. I just don't mm-hmm. bother to drink. And then it's easier for him. Like if I'm not drinking, in not, I mean, but I think it's easier for him to be sober. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, when my dad died and I was 13, I just turned 13. It would have been really easy for me at that point to to fall into the whole drinking and drugs and oh yeah, and you com- totally could have been a piece of shit. I could have completely fucked my life with that. And I think the only reason I didn't was because of the horses. Well, you had something that you were passionate about. Yeah, that's you. Know, I think that is the and uh, deciding factor. That and for most of us, like well, you can let. I always say this: like you can always let your trauma, no matter whether it was one instance of a. Uh, traumatic event or mm-hmm. if it was a lifetime of trauma like mm-hmm. some of us um you can go either way with that like you can use that as fuel to make sure that you, you don't that doesn't ever get put you. in that fucking position again where yep. you have to be stuck in a position to where you're being abused and you can't get away from yourself because yep. nothing teaches you independence like not being taken care of by the people who are supposed to take care of you right yep. so or you can let it break you and you can just be a useless fucking piece of shit like these i feel like that is how things go because nobody feels comfortable enough to oh, yeah. talk about their issues like and because ptsd was always limited to soldiers and veterans and stuff because nobody was really connecting that traumatic events are all can be anything like really and everyone and processes everybody, trauma differently every, everybody processes everything yeah. differently like we oh, can yeah. read the same book and i totally get something different out of it than you did right yep. it's just how it's just how we're wired not everybody is the same on purpose and you know, for some people, like I said, it can, you know, break them or, you know, motivate them. For me, it was motivation, you know, and then, you know, but for so many other people, it's not like Taylor really was like, he had no positive role models in his life to like be independent, to be, you know, pushed to do more. He was always told that he couldn't do anything. Well, you told him he couldn't do anything because you didn't want to fucking do anything. Like that's all that boils down to, right? Because he's not. It's called social mirroring. And yeah. Where you tell a child over and over again that they're stupid, that they're lazy, mm-hmm. that they're worthless, mm-hmm. that they can't do it. Then you know what's going to happen? They're going to become gonna stupid, worthless, lazy, and they're not going to do anything. Right. No, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, and in his case, it was just, you know, he doesn't remember anybody reading to him. He doesn't remember any of that stuff happening. And then, you know, that that that's unfortunate. But you know, when we got together, he obviously was solidly away from his mom. Mm-hmm. Eh, that's fucking hard. 
That was after his divorce. So he was actually living with his mother. Oh, Jesus. Um, okay. But he, uh, he was emotionally gone from her. I know that's actually been a more recent development. Okay. Um, something that he struggled with. He, I would always be like, dude, like you don't just because you're related to somebody does not mean you have to love them. I said, cause that's absolute fucking bullshit. You do not have to love or care or have anybody in your life that has hurt you. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's your kid. I don't care if it's your fucking sperm donor. I don't care who it is. Your sister, your brother, your mother. I don't care if someone you do, you are not obligated to fucking love anybody. Like I am not obligated to let a toxic person into my life. And I have always lived that way. And I've told people that forever. Mm. And it has taken him a really See? long time to get to the point where he's like, you know what? And yet right. I feel obligated to love everybody. I don't have to like anybody. Oh no, I don't. But I, I, feel, I don't hate anybody. Not truly. Cause that's a lot of energy that I don't have to waste on sure. people. I don't like. Yeah. Um, but no, I don't think that you can only love somebody so much, right? You know what ends up happening when you keep loving the person who keeps hurting you? You don't love yourself. The more they hurt you and the more, the harder you love them. That has always been my experience is that the more I tried to love them to make them love me, the more they hurt me and the less I liked myself. Yeah. And that started at a very young age. Like we were taught, like we were mm -hmm. talking about like my long-term friendships or whatever. And then Taylor's like, he's like, nobody else is really like you. He's like, I was like, I just try to be the person that I needed when I was a kid or the friend that I, how I would want a friend to treat me. That is how I am to everybody. That doesn't mean that I'm a fucking saint because let me tell you, these people Jeez, that I don't fucking like, they fucking know it. Yeah. Right. But I always tell everybody, I'm like, I don't just, I don't blanketly dislike anybody for any reason at all whatsoever. Please give me a reason to not like you. Fine. You know, but if you know, you didn't, I may not like your vibe. You may not be somebody I hang out with, but, but mm -hmm. when it comes to family and you're being forced to have to hang out with these people, or you're being forced to like go to family events where you're like, I don't want to be around these people. These people make me feel like shit. You, we shouldn't be forcing our kids to do that not, at any age. If a kid says to you, I don't want to be around that person, then you, we should not question that. Like there's got to be a reason, whether it's a physical reason, an emotional reason, just a vibe that they get, whatever it is, you know, you're always like creepy uncle Al or whatever you mm -hmm. call him. Right. It's always the pedo uncle or you now these days, the aunt, whatever. You just never know. Or the uncle that's now the aunt. Yeah. And yeah. once again, have at it. Do your thing. Motherfucker, you better be paying taxes just like I am. I fuck. And staying away from the fucking kids. Uh, yeah. Don't be touching the kids. And my thing is like, I just don't. I just don't believe that you have to keep those connections. Like I can care about people from a distance. Like I just recently found out that Cody, who was staying with me before, you know, on mm -hmm. and off in my, yep. in and out of my house for like fucking five years. One of your strays. Yeah. One of my strays. One of my many, uh, you know, he was arrested recently and I was like, okay, you know, and then, you know, I just got the update that he, you know, got out and he's fine. And I was like, okay, well I wasn't, I still care about him. I don't want anything bad, no matter how shitty he was to mm -hmm. me and how like he totaled my car, all these things, like all of that shit. Like, to me, yep. it doesn't matter. I love him from a distance and I hope that one day he'll mm -hmm. get his shit together and realize that he's only hurting himself because the way people treat you is how they feel about themselves. And that took me a really long time to learn that. Like a really fucking long time. So when I've been explaining that to Taylor a lot, like, cause he's always like, you know, it doesn't feel like he's worth anything or he doesn't bring anything to the table or, you know, cause he doesn't know a lot about like most of the time when he's here, Life. he's quiet because mm -hmm. he, a, he doesn't know what we're talking about. 
and B just can't fucking keep up with us. Like he's like, you guys, you you guys just talk so fast. He's like, I can't. It's <laughs> like I can't do that. Like he's like, I'm st- like still trying to catch up on what she said. And then you two are over here fucking arguing, and you're like, I don't get it. And I was like, and we can run a, three conversations simultaneously. Like that is a classic fucking yeah. New Yorker gathering out there. Like every time. Yes. I'm like, it's just that's just how it is. Like we don't do it on purpose. It's just who we are. Like we just we talk shit to each other and we're going really fast and we're talking about all kinds of things. And he's just like, I just sit there. And, I just get and I was like, and that's fine. But that's one of the things like he, like when we talk about things I told him, I was like, you know, instead of ignoring people, right. Cause this is a classic response to a lot of people when they don't know enough about something or they're uncomfortable. A lot of times his response is, Oh, I don't know. I don't care. And I'm like, that's so fucking rude. Like, that is so rude. I was like, I'm not telling you that you have to care about what the fuck I'm talking about, but you could answer. And I know that the only reason why you're answering me that way, because it sounds kind of snotty when he says it like, yeah, but it's because he's embarrassed, right? Because he doesn't know anything about the situation. I was like, rather than saying, hey, I don't care. I don't know, whatever. I was like, why can't you just be honest and say, hey, I don't, I don't have enough information on that topic for yeah, me to have an opinion because that's what I do. Like I say that to you, I'm like, I don't know enough about that situation for yeah. me to have. But I like when to I started out. talking about Dr. Fauci, and you were like, I'm like "Who's Dr. Fauci?" Yeah, right. Yeah, don't so, freak out, people, because it's okay. I she now knows who Dr. Fauci is. I do. Yes, he is. He is the single um, greatest sanctioned mass murderer in all history, and he is apparently about to get indicted. They're building a case. Oh. Yes. Yeah. For so, lying to Congress. Yeah. Fantastic. So anyway, I was telling him, I was like, and that, but that's a classic response from a lot of people. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. a, it's an insecurity response. It's a, in, you know, an automatic defense mechanism kind of thing. They yep. just turn into dick mode. And I'm like, you don't want to And I made plant. banana bread y'all. So don't mind us as we're eating breakfast. And it's, uh, excuse me. It's eating. a chocolate chip banana bread. Let's just be very. So yours clear. is <laughs> she's eating the weed free banana bread. She I, have to to drive. Drive. I don't give a fuck. I can drive on this. It doesn't matter. But yours is chocolate chip Heath Bar banana bread mm-hmm. made with chicken eggs. This is eggs are made with. Yes, because this is made with duck eggs. Mm-hmm. It is different. Um, and this is I haven't um, eaten my duck egg yet. Just so chocolate chip Heath Bar cranberry pecan. Were you stoned when you made this? No, but I wanted to differentiate between the two. Uh-uh, okay. And I used I ran out of chocolate chips, so I needed. I only put a half a cup of chocolate, chocolate oh, chips no, you in this loaf. Replace that with something. So I had to replace it with something. So I put cranberry, like cranberry pecans in there. Cranberry, like dried cranberries and pecans oh. in this okay. one, with um, the amazing oil, peanut oil that mm-hmm. Megan sent me. So nice. It's some good shit. Yeah. Anyway, some, some good good shit. So anyways, so, I'm stuffing my face and dropping shit all over the place. It's all good. My usual. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I was like, told him I was like, you just have to learn how to respond and be like hey i don't know i said but instead of just being like hey i don't know and then you just kind of like say okay whatever fuck off i was like you know it's i was like if i don't know something i said i either a will ask Mm -hmm. for you to explain it to me i said or b when i go home i'm just gonna google that shit because i want to know or even while you're sitting there talking to me i'm like oh yeah okay Mm -hmm. okay i'm googling you know because i google everything I'm always looking shit up all the time because I like to prove people wrong. Um, <laughs> it's like my biggest thing. I love to prove people. Um, so and he was like, he's like, I'm not like you. I can't just, you know, say how I feel. And I'm like, what? Why? Why not? I'm like, I don't fucking, I say everything. <laughs> like all the things. And he's like, I just, all you the know, time. he's like, I don't, I just don't, you know, 
I was like, it's just, it just, like I said, it just comes off rude when you say it this way. And he's like, well, you know, he's like, it's something I'll work on because I'll fucking nail him on it every time. I'm like, oh, okay, asshole. Like, oh, I see we're in a dickish mood today. Or do I need to explain this to you? Like without being a dick the first time, most of the time I'm You're dead about it. But it's because, again, that is like a defense mechanism. Like if you're going to be snippy with me, like I'm going to be like, okay, motherfucker, like no problem. Like you want to be a dick today? We can play this game. Yeah. Just because I'm like, there's no reason for it. Like if you don't know something, just say something, just say it. If you don't want to say it in front of over around, talk to me about it in the car, whatever. So that, he said that that's something that he's learning because he is now, you know, training to be a supervisor. And I told him, I said, you have to be able to communicate with people. You have to be able to say, hey, you can't do that. Or you need to do it this way. I said, and you have to, if you're going to be a leader, you have to care about what your employees are saying to you. Like, you can't just let it go in one ear and out the other and be like, whatever, I don't give a fuck. You know, because that doesn't work that way. I was like, you have to take a vested interest in the people that you lead because you need to lead by example. I was like, and if you can't lead by example, then you shouldn't take this job Mm -hmm. because I am a big, I am always say that. And I don't say lead by example because I'm a supervisor. I literally just, everything I do, is just how I would want it to be done to me. So it's just like, whatever, lead by example. Like, oh, you know, Taylor's like, why do you have to be such a fucking nice person all the time? He's like, why do you have to care about everybody? And I'm like, what? He's like, you care about everybody. He's like, all over the fucking place. He's like, not even like just in this house. He's like, you care about people everywhere. I was like, well, I got people everywhere. Why wouldn't I care about them? He's like, but you, he's like, how can you do, he's like, that just sounds like too much to me. And I'm like, what? I was like, how can it be too much? And he's like, I just don't really care about people. Like, I was like, you're a fucking liar. I'm like, you absolutely do care about people. I said, but your defense mechanism, because you've been hurt by people who are supposed to take care of you. I said, your defense mechanism is, I don't care about anybody. I was like, when you know that that's bullshit. Yeah. And so once again, because I call him out on his shit and then he gets all quiet and he doesn't like me. I'm going to say he Because he has to process to it. He has to process it. And yeah. you know, it takes him... Because you have to think about it. When somebody is like basically telling you. When they blow your fucking mind. Blow your fucking mind and telling you, nope, you're wrong. Yeah. Read this. Like, you know, I mean, because that's what I do to him all the time. Like when he, when I was trying to get him to speak up about his mental health or his depression or his anxiety, his mom convinced him that he had social anxiety. I said, you're a fucking liar. I was like, you, I was like, I met you in my friend's front yard and we were getting stoned. Like, I don't, like, what do you mean? I'm like, you do not have social anxiety. I was like, I've been out to many bars with you, bef- you know, when we were friends, we all hung out. I was like, yeah, you're quiet, but he's quiet because either A, he doesn't really have an opinion on the topic, mm-hmm. or he is kind of an intro. He likes to watch people and that's fine. Yeah. I said, but you're not, you don't have social anxiety. I was like, you don't have a fucking panic attack and have to leave. I was like, I've had one of those and I don't have social anxiety, but. I do, you know, I used to get panic attacks really bad. And he's like, I was, he only recently had a panic attack. I think he had his real first panic attack here when he had your cookie. And then he had to drive. <laughs> yeah, that'll right? do it. So he was, he's super, like, I don't know. He's like super sensitive to all things, right? And yeah. Like he didn't used to be that. I but the edible I'm, really fucked him up. The edible really fucked him up. Yeah. It was fine when he was at home because he what, didn't have to overthink and be like stressed out because he's going to drive and he was afraid he's going to get pulled over and he's like running all these different scenarios in his head and I'm like, I'm fucking high right now. Like, I I'm not trying to hear yeah. none of this. Like I was like, do we need to turn around and go back to Vanessa's? So now he's learned what panic attacks are actually mm-hmm. look and feel like. But we have learned that he is now doing them to himself. Because he starts to like stress himself out and think about all the bad things that could happen or whatever. I'm like, why do you do that? I'm like, 
you shouldn't, you know, if you can't do it, I was like, I don't like to be out in public stoned. I was like, I don't like it at all. I was like, because it's hmm. the public. And then I don't want to be responsible. Like, I don't want to, I don't like to be out in public sober. I mean, I don't, I think my thing is I don't like to drive. I just think my big thing is I don't like to drive like that. And that could just be because, you know, I've always been afraid of losing my, you know, professional licenses and stuff like that. Because if I got it pulled over for a DUI or anything, not to say that I've never driven drunk, obviously we know I left the bar and drove up the wrong side of the road like a fucking NASCAR driver. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, shit happens. But that's always been my fear. Like, I just don't like to do that. I won't drive drunk, but I'll drive stoned all day. I don't give a fuck see, about that. I've the, the total opposite. See. <laughs> um, many a time. But which is unfortunate, but it's just one of those things. But I have totally two totally different feelings. I am, I smoke to relax. I smoke to slow everything down and to, you know, eat and go to sleep. So I really don't want to drive. <laughs> like that's why I don't do it. But you know, yeah. Other than that, so he was doing that to himself. I said, well, I said, like, don't leave the house stoned. Like I don't know what to tell you. Or be the passenger. I was like, it's not like I let you drive in the car now anymore since you got us in the wreck. Like I'm just, I have to do the driving because. It's- you know, there's a microphone there. You should stop smacking it. <laughs> That's what so used to you talk with your hands. in front of me. I know. Yeah, I've had to learn how to keep my yeah, hands relatively still because I used to make you get so mad at me because I'd smack the microphone all the time. You know what? He talks a lot of shit for somebody who also talks with his hands and is very animated. <laughs> yes, but he doesn't he smack the microphone. Very animated. <laughs> and you know, he's another one because he he'll claim that he has social anxiety yeah. or. He doesn't, he doesn't like, like crowds. Uh, I'm like, you're a fucking social butterfly. You give, uh, give me a fucking break. Now that is also a coping mechanism for people who have anxiety. Yes. So rather than being the kid who's odd man out and feels like shit, you're just going to put yourself as a center of attention because now everybody wants to be around you and you don't feel uncomfortable because you have to sit there by yourself and you don't know anybody. So yeah, it can, like I said, it can go either way. Everybody uses their anxiety and their depression and their PTSD. They all use it in different ways. You know, everybody reacts differently. I mean, I would think that he'd be way more fucked up than he is. I mean, not to say that he's not fucked up, but he, I, I think he'd be way, you know what I mean? Like he could be, he could be a real mess. We let those idiots in, please? Because they're going to drive me nuts. Oh, you do that too. Mine are the cats. No, it's Annie. Listen, you can hear her scratching at the door. Come on, bear. Hi, Annie Bear. Can you say hi to everyone? Come on. That's what she wants. She wants some banana bread. Yeah, she followed me all around the kitchen trying to take it out of my hand. I was like, you little asshole, I am not sharing. Mm -hmm. That's all it is. Go lay down, bear. But yeah, so, and I mean, I get why Mick doesn't like crowds of people because he doesn't like to have people at his back, especially. I don't, I don't, I don't sit with my back to the door anywhere. Yeah. Ever. I don't like it. I don't trust people. But, um, but otherwise he has no problem talking to anybody. Oh yeah. You know. He's also fun. Exactly. Yeah. He's a fun time. Yeah. He's like a little ghetto leprechaun. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. That's oh. Like when I come in here and he's all like you know wrapping it out over here i'm like oh look at the little ghetto leprechaun like he's getting Hillary's like what and i'm like well i mean like when we were watching him on the super bowl i mean he went to the parade today and he killed in a t-shirt so absolutely 
Yeah. I mean, I would not expect him to have done anything else. He, I, I, I requested it for my wedding. Uh, you did. You did request him in a kilt for your wedding. I did. I was, like, I, was like, gonna, I, do. I was like, you're going to do the full Irish thing, garb for me, right? And he's like, huh, what? Was I supposed to? Yeah. And I was like, oh, I mean, I guess you don't have to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah and you're then, all disappointed and shit. Right. I was like, oh, yeah. And then I was like, and I had told, I had told Taylor, I was like, if he wears what I asked him to wear, I said, I'm going to have him and DJ walk me down the aisle. So that yeah. was my plan. Yes. But yes, that, yeah. that worked out. Really. But no, he's always been like, but he is, he's like, he is, he's just so feisty. Right. Like, and he, but he's still ratchet as fuck sometimes. So <laughs> I, that's why I'm like, he's like a little ghetto leprechaun. So. Oh, he is ratchet as fuck sometimes. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Uh, let's see Michelle congratulations on your daughter nominated for a junior firefighter excellent nice um, she said that uh, sounds like Taylor doesn't like confrontation oh absolutely not whenever he he always feels like he's in trouble he like looks down at the ground and like tried to talk to him about something I'm like we're not even having like I'm not even fucking yelling at you I'm like I tell him all the time I'm like I'm not your parent like you can look, I'm an adult, mm -hmm. you know, we can, you're an adult, you're not a child, you don't have to, but it's, and I even talked to DJ about it and he's like, what's, I was like, and I was like, it really bothers me. I was like, whenever, you know, I try to talk to Taylor about anything serious or, you know, ask him, you know, Hey, when you do blah, 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 could you like fucking finish it? You know what I mean? Cause that's like, he doesn't finish things <laughs> now, like, or he kind of half-asses it. And then he always feels like he's in trouble. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not your fucking parent. You're not in trouble. I just, I'm trying to tell you, hey, could we work on this? Then he always, if that's how he reacts and he does not, he is not good at confrontation. He just like shuts down. I was like, I don't even have to yell at him. And he, you know, but that's the other thing. Like he has so much trauma. I just barely, like even still it happens, breaking him of like, if he doesn't know that I'm getting ready to touch him and I touch him, he flinches. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, I didn't even hit you that time. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just like I hit you, like it's the same. And uh, he's like, he's like, oh, I just wasn't expecting it. And I was like, oh, okay. But he, no, he's really starting to, you know, get a little bit better about that, you know, but it's just, it's just a trauma response. That's just, and that's so, what I mean, I, his confrontation. Like it's a trauma response. I know he was neglected significantly as a child. Was he also abused, like physically abused? Oh yeah. 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 That's a big, that's a big thing. And he, that's why we're doing the counseling, but I had to force him. I didn't, I have to force him, but I had to. Make it a requirement. No, I had to push, mm -hmm. you know, because I'm a push. Because I was like, you're not helping anybody. by like, I'm not, I'm not saying you're broken. I was like, because I don't like making people. I don't. Yeah. Nobody wants to be a victim. Like I said last time. So, and I was like, but you know, these are things that you need to talk. I was like, I'm not telling you that you have to tell me anything. Cause he doesn't want me to think differently of him because of some of the things that did happen to him. And I'm like, okay. I was like, but you have to talk to somebody. Right. And he doesn't have anybody that he's close to. And so I was like, you know what? And I was like, and even if you did, and you don't want somebody, I was like, if you don't want me to know, get a stranger. Right. So I started, he has a counselor and he has a, he has a counselor that he just talks to. Mm -hmm. And then he has a lady that he talks to. And uh, she's also trying to figure out if he really needs to be medicated or if we need to come up with something else. And I really don't want him to be medicated. They try to put yeah. him on uh they tried to put him on Seroquel and I was like, absolutely fucking that. I was like, I'm, you know, 24 years of the pharmaceutical industry. I'm like, absolutely. Nope. Mm -mm. I don't give a fuck if she does think you're bipolar. 
don't give a fuck. You're not taking that. Like there are so many other things that we could be doing. See that to make you feel better. I part like, of what I think happened with Justin. This made me so mad. Well, they were over medicated. Well, because it, he was abused as a child. Um, he didn't tell me all the details, but in a way he did. Right. He told me afterwards. Anyway. Um, and he had been, just been diagnosed as bipolar. And Which is they, very common with people who have been and they abused. And I believe they put him on that. And, you know. I just, I just don't and, like the medication. And itself. he went, he went from being, I, I mean, I know he was on medication for bipolar. I don't know what he was on, but he went from being, you know, super, he went from coping to Coke. Oh yeah. That's super common. Not to, even like to killing himself. Yeah. Just the, I mean, when you're, when you have, how do we stop that? Uh, yeah. You make it okay for people to say that they have fucking trauma. Like, that's the biggest thing. Like, the narrative on mental health is, like, you're broken. Yeah, I know. Right? And, like, like my ex-husband used to say all the time, he's like, that's all in your head. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck if it is in my head. It fucking obviously is. It's a chemical that's imbalance. The There's nothing we can fucking do about it. Said, but just because it's in my head doesn't make it any less fucking real. That's the point. Like, that's the whole point of it. But there are some people out there who, you know. Just because it's not in their head doesn't mean it's not real in your head. Also, if you just deny that it exists, then you don't have to face the fact that maybe you have those problems too, right? Like, yeah. And I'm not saying that he did or didn't. I'm just saying like a lot of, like, it's just typical for our generation of males to just act like that shit's not real. Yeah. They just keep it all bottled up until they fucking explode. Or, you know, they just keep it all bottled up. Like, yeah. they don't, and they they cope in different ways, right? And everybody's like, oh, yeah, you would never know. Because they don't talk about it because it was not okay to not be okay when we were growing up. Do you know what I mean? That's true. But at the same time, now it is okay to not be okay. And everybody's really fucked up. Well, that's actual real life. That's the thing. Like everybody's fucked up. Everybody has shit. I don't care what it is. Everybody has shit. And they might, you, it may not be significant to me or you. Like some people are like, oh, it looked like the fucking Partridge family. Like, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Fuck that. you know, that shit's a cover, right? Like you, that family's fucked. Mostly white people, but <laughs> it's always the same. All like people are fucked. It doesn't matter what color fucked. you are. All right. Yes. That is so very true. Um, but that's, but that's what I'm saying. Like everybody has something and it, it does need to be okay. Like just because, like I said, just because maybe you don't understand what depression is because you've never really experienced it yourself, but you have experienced grief and those are two very different things. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean like my, you know, what I'm feeling is no, not it does. real. Right. Exactly. So that, yeah. that's the thing because yeah. people, you can be empathetic, even if, you know, even if you never experienced something like I have been through so many things and I have done so many things that, and I feel like I've lived a hundred lifetimes in the last 40 fucking four years. I gotta tell you. Um, so I'm very open to other people's shit. Like I, people, I literally have people that I have never even seen mm -hmm. messaging me and telling me that they have mental health issues or they've been abused. And I'm like, I don't even know these fucking people. Right. You know, or like I had a lady on the phone when I was talking to her on the phone about her medication and yeah. she just, she was an older lady and she just started telling me, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I just have that or whatever. Everybody can just tell me whatever. So I don't really care because I'm empathetic. I always put myself, like I said, yeah. I always put myself in the other person's shoes. I was the same I way can in hospitality. See, I got I can so see, many stories from people about 
like I, I could get someone's life story in five minutes or less. Absolutely. Yeah. I've always been, I've always been like that. Easy. Yep. Yeah. Super easy. But you know, there are so many people out there who just not even just that they're not, they're not even sympathetic. That's the problem. Yeah. Like, I'm, they're not even, not. I'm not even asking you to be Empathetic, empathetic because just, i gotta tell you just it's fucking exhausting acknowledge that it's just that acknowledge it, that it's real it's that real, somebody yeah. else has shit just because you don't understand it or you can't feel it like but they don't even offer sympathy and that's the mm -hmm. thing because and i find that the people who cannot sympathize with people who have mental health like fully like you accept that it's a thing yeah you don't just like eh, they're just fucked up and walk away yeah right because i'm not that person i don't give up on anybody i no uh, ever it takes I a get lot. that's a, I get that it's a thing, and I want to try and understand it so right. I can help them. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. but the people who just are unsympathetic to it, I think, are the people who have the biggest problems because they have not accepted the fact that they have shit, or they've been hiding well, that's it because for they so don't long. like themselves or love themselves, and, they're, and so that they're not actually capable of liking other people or loving other people. Because Absolutely. if you don't like or love yourself, you're not Can't. capable of loving or liking someone else. Yeah. yeah, and you teach people how to treat you. <clears throat> yes. you, you teach them. You can't depend on anyone else yeah. for your happiness. You are Absolutely. entirely dependent on yourself for your happiness. Right. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And and once again, people don't think that. They're like, oh, I'll be happy at the next job. I'll be happy at the next I'll be happy with more money. I'll be happy. And that with... is absolutely not fucking so true. Not true. So not true. And and that is the one thing. Well, DJ is like, oh yeah, but if you have money, you I was like, money doesn't buy happiness. I said, look at Robin Williams. Mm -hmm. Look at, you know, Kurt Cobain. Look at all these people. They had money. And they had depression and they had anxiety and they had drug problems. And they all fucking killed themselves. I said, so money doesn't give you anything except more fucking problems. Yeah. That's all it is. Because then you you end up spending more. So you have to make more, which is also the contributing factor to people's blow and meth habits. Right. Because I lived in Vegas for 20 years. That is 100 percent a thing. Yeah. You know, like they have to make more money. They have to make more money. And then you just they spend more money and they stress themselves out. And, you know, they obviously have all have some sort of trauma. That's where I was going with the uh, substance abuse. Mm -hmm. Substance abuse is directly linked to mental health issues and PTSD. Like you are using it as a coping mechanism. A lot of people shut shit out and they don't even know why they want to drink or they don't like themselves or why they want to be fucked up all the time and not have to feel anything. Because a lot of people don't like they block it out. They don't remember it. Right. So yeah. or they've been self-medicating for so long and you know they've just hidden it behind a door well once they stop the self-medicating or once they decide to get sober all of that shit comes out yep all of it comes up to the surface like taylor like for months was just like ready to snap all the time and i'm and, and that's not him at all but it was because he was so on edge because he all of these memories and he was having nightmares like i have nightmares like remember i was telling you how i would like wake up screaming in my sleep, or I woke Taylor up a couple of times, and he's like, "Oh, no, because I scared the fuck out of him." But I wake up crying sometimes. I do too. That's the worst. But most of mine, mine I don't are get, mostly memories. I don't so. get nightmares. I wake up now. I I get well. Anyway, um, yeah, I I very rarely remember my dreams. Very very rarely anymore. Oh. But I, remember, I used to remember, remember them all the time. I remember them very, very They used to be vivid, but now I very rarely remember my dreams. But I do sometimes wake up crying. Yeah. So. No, I've worked myself up plenty of times. And I don't know if you've experienced, I feel like everybody's experience is like for years, like you're in a dream and you're trying to yell, but no sound will come out. Mm -hmm. Well, a couple of years ago, sound started coming out and that's how I wake myself up. I mm. wake myself up because I'm screaming in my dream, but I wake up because I hear myself screaming. Gotcha. Yeah. So. That's, you know, fun on its own, right? So, 
No. Yeah. No, it sucks. But, you know, we all got to work through our shit. And that's what I've been doing for the last fucking 20 years. Yeah. Trying to work through my shit. But I've really been able to do, you know, I know you guys don't love it, but (laughs) being in Washington was a huge because I was on my own, like 100%. We've got people in Washington. Yeah. 100% by myself. Yep. You know, DJ decided that he was going to stay with his dad. I stayed single Mm -hmm. for 10 years after I got divorced. And it was just all me. So I was able to, you know, because I had that year with you after my mom died. and And I had the year after my mom died where I was opposed huge piece of shit. And then, uh, you know, and then I had that year with you, which helped me get my shit back together. Right. And mm-hmm. then I, you know, went up to Washington and I did a, they're very open about mental health. And that's the one thing that I do love about Washington. They are just like open yep, about everything. Like I've actually never lived any place like that. Like it, that was like the only place I've ever lived where I feel like I can be 100% myself except for being in your house. So and, too bad their politics sucks so bad. Yeah. <sighs> I know. Um, and their taxes. But they don't have state tax, so it's really not that bad. Just depends on where you live. What you got to do is you got to not live in Western Washington like I did because it costs a fucking mm-hmm. a kidney. And then they want your other kidney when you die. So no, you live there. like almost on the Idaho border. <laughs> you got to live in Eastern Washington. Yeah. But then you have to worry about comes with the Eastern Washington. Like Western Washington is like potheads. They, they like their heroin up there and cocaine. But in eastern Washington, they're just like meth addicts. So not all of them, but that's just been my experience on that, on that side of the state. I mean, it's the same thing here. But it's the same you know, everywhere. Like, Savannah's you know, all like, the coke out of the port. And I mean, they call Effingham County, Methingham oh, County yes, they do. for a I reason. Remember, I remember so, I used you to know. work over there. Yeah. Yeah. I bet you know, it's literally everywhere you go. You can't just be like, oh, this place is worse than the other. Again. So those do you think privileged white kids and those super rich, nice mm-hmm. areas that we lived in? And when we talk about drug abuse, problems. we're not talking about weed. I'm not talking about smoking weed. weed I'm talking about medicine. Um, talking about hard drugs. Do you think they contribute to the mental health or do you think they're a coping mechanism for the mental health? I think they are a coping mechanism in the beginning, but they also exacerbate mental health issues, especially stimulants. Stimulants super exacerbate mental health issues yeah like people who you know are doing math doing coke doing all of those things you know going nine 90 miles yeah well because you need to sleep you i mean you literally need to sleep for your body to, to regenerate right. and for your mind to heal for as your well mind to heal. exactly yeah. so it just exacerbates because it changes the chemical makeup it changes the levels in your brain um yeah. your dopamine and all that shit did, so did I think you watch that's a big difference did you watch dope sick no, Olivia did. She said it was really good. It's really good. You have to pay attention. Like yeah. I have to go back and watch it again because it it jumps like it goes from year to year, jumps around a lot. But it talks about how oxycotton. Oh, it's the opioid epidemic. Yeah. Yes. I'm sorry. I have... It talks about how oxycotton literally rewires your brain so that when you when you come off it, you're in so much more pain. You think you're going to die without it. And I think Mick only escaped that because his brain had literally been like cut in half Mm -hmm. just before they. Okay. Can you guys hear us now? I don't know what the hell just happened there. Um, Well, I do know what happened there. The uh, soundboard, the plug was really loose. That's I think why it was crackling before. And then it just came unplugged. So because Annie went that way, she may have just knocked it. 
maybe because she was underneath there Nah, she was going out that way whatever, whatever. anyway happened ah yikes yeah no i well that was what i was saying to you that one time i was like nobody needs 420 fucking oxycodone in a month no I shit care yeah if you're the size of a fucking whale nobody needs that yeah and that's how and that's how they get you they get you hooked right and then these pain doctors they make you yes they make you sign these contracts and they have to check your you know um pdp which is you know pharmacists and doctors have to check the narcotic registry for every state when a prescription is prescribed. So before the doctor writes the prescription, they have to check mm -hmm. and they have to, and we have to have documentation in order to do like approve the prior authorization, like homeboy, you were supposed to check this. We're not going to approve it. If you didn't make sure that this patient isn't bouncing around from doctor to doctor and pharmacy to pharmacy, because that's what that registry is for, right? Yeah. It's supposed to crack down on the opioid epidemic, but let's be real. The pharmaceutical companies don't want us to crack down on no. the opioid epidemic. Of course not. That's how they like, make their money. That's how they make their money. That's yeah. how these pain doctors make their money. That's how everybody's, you know, that's how these politicians are funded. They need the fucking pharmaceutical companies to make the money to fund their campaigns. And I mean, they're, they're only contributing to the decline well, of mental health in America. I, I, so much. It's not even just that it is. It's a, it's a control factor, right? Because it's, it's, it goes back to my whole like as long as they keep us fighting amongst each other yeah. and pointing oh, out yeah. everybody's differences and saying oh I don't like this person because they're black or I don't like this person because they're transgender I don't, because yeah. they're breeding hate all the time and they keep us divided yeah. well as long as they keep us all fucked up on drugs and it's at, easily accessible whether on the street or from a provider like they're just breeding drug addicts so they can just control us yeah. like, that's really all it comes down to and you know by feeding that addiction and addiction is a mental health issue and it definitely like i said is definitely directly related to some type of trauma or form of ptsd especially but mental health like even even if you haven't had trauma and you're just like you were just born like bipolar like you know that happens that's not something that just happens to you people are born that way these things are hereditary you know it doesn't just happen like mental health issues run very deep on both sides of my family and poor DJ on all four sides of his family, like his dad's side of the family. Mm -hmm. Plus, you know, both those sides of the family. And then for me, I only know that it runs on my mom and my dad's side. So, you know, those are things they are hereditary. I'm not saying that, but a lot of people do use that as an excuse too. Like, oh yeah, well, my mom was crazy. So I'm going to be crazy. Well, you could learn how to deal with your shit yeah. that's the biggest thing yeah not everyone's crazy just because not just be, no because your parents are yeah exactly yeah exactly that's like you know if i i mean i the, the older i get the more i the more i find my mother and myself but sometimes mine slips out too um but there's a lot of my dad and me too there's a lot of that so, Taylor said when we went to we went to vegas over the summer we got there at like one o'clock in the morning at my dad's house and uh so the next morning, I'm sitting on the couch. My dad's like walked out to get the mail or the, I think it was the mail. And he came in and he's just like bitching about the water bill and like all this stuff as he's coming through the house. And he's like, Susie, did you see this? Like talking to my stepmom. And Taylor looks at me and I'm like, what? He's like, you guys are like the same. <laughs> I'm like, what? And he was like, you are so much like your dad. And I was like, oh, I really am. And Olivia says it too when she sees me outside fucking around in the garage, like making my own paint booth out of shit. So I'm not getting my paint on everything. And she's like, if you're not your father's daughter, 
She was like, that's some shit your dad would do. I was like, where the fuck do you think I learned it? You know what I mean? So, but yeah. I am very much him. And like, but like I said, sometimes, you know, Linda pops out. And uh, I'm like, oh, got to reel that bitch back in. No shit. Put her back in hell Put where she back belongs. In the box. But, you know, and like I said, we do, we get so much from our parents. We get, you know, their energy, especially when, when they're kids. Like kids just feel everything. People are just like, oh, they don't really know what's going on. They may not be able to comprehend the issue or the root cause of what's going on, but they feel everything. They feel all of it. They feel your anxiety. They feel the uncomfortableness. Like we all sat at the table and if we were in a shitty mood, cause that mm -hmm. was, that's a big, you know, DJ's big now. So we don't worry about that, but you know, sitting at the table like a family, that's how I grew up. And that was important to me. So we would do that. So even if, you know, me and his dad were fighting, we're fighting at the table, but you could fucking feel it. Like, you know, yeah. oh, and yeah. same, same with our parents, you know, like maybe, I mean, like I said, I knew you, I've known you forever, but I only met your mom, like not even 20 years ago. So, yeah, but I knew your dad. Yeah. But, uh, you know, like at my house, it would just be, you know, you could feel it. And everybody's like, oh, you know, you know, they're just kids. Just send them to their room. I actually heard this song recently. God, I wanted to send it to you. And I think I will right now. This way you can look it up, maybe even play it for them. But it's about how, you know, we're over here just like blaming our parents all the time about how fucked up they were and how mm -hmm. this, that, and the other. But guess what? They were just fucking human. They were just trying to get through it like everybody else, mm -hmm. you know? And that's, and that's a big thing. Like we, a lot of people want to blame it on their parents. And on, let's see, my anxiety and depression definitely stem from how I was brought up. But now look at how long it's taken me to realize that obviously it's generational trauma. That's what they call it. Like you, like she wasn't, loved properly. So she didn't know how to love us properly. Right. So it just trickles downhill, but that's something that we have to break. It has to be broken open. Cause you know what? It's just going to get, keep getting worse. Like it's you, you can't keep this same cycle. You can't become the person that hurt you. And that's generally what ends up happening. Like maybe yeah. you don't hurt somebody in the same way, but you're still hurting somebody. That's why children that are sexually abused become abusers. Oh, that's very common. Very, yes. very common. Yes. That's why children who grow up in a house and in, in a household where one or both of their parents beats them, turns around and beats their children when they get older. Or they don't at all. Mm hmm That was me. I did not. Um, you know, sometimes it worries me raising children in, or it did not not so much anymore now that we've worked through it and stayed together to work through it. But certainly right. when we were in the worst of it, when Mick was really in the worst of the PTSD and we'd fight so much and the screaming. Yes. And um, I mean, I remember one time when we got in this huge fight over absolutely fucking nothing because they're always over nothing. And they, it's not really nothing. It's just it's, it's like the I've smallest found, thing. I've found just causes the biggest fight. Absolutely. Oh, it always does. It's you always know? like the, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back. I but think most I, of the time, but for you guys, what I've noticed just in my own personal yeah. viewpoint is that because of the things that he has experienced and I kind of know like when he's being extra fucking dickish. Yeah. It's because he's getting ready to have like one of his, some, episodes. one of his episodes. Some, something's yeah. going to happen. Like exactly. he's being extra, super fucking dickish. Yep. Yep. And then I'm just like, bro, like, is he just fucking on one today? But I've learned that, yep. you know, and, and I, and I, I did, I, I did, I like yeah. looked it up to make sure that I wasn't crazy, that I was just, you mm -hmm. know, like projecting that this is it what wasn't just cor but, correlation. Yeah. It was actually causation. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So yeah. whenever his body is going through that, 
you know, where it's getting ready to fuck up, mm-hmm. it just triggers his aggression. And even not even knowing, like he just, like I said, he's just extra super dickish. Yeah. Right. Because we're just dicks all the time, but he's extra <laughs> super hard, hard to, hard to see the difference. Yeah. Yes. Um, but it actually, this particular, I, I remember it and, uh, he was bitching at me. Like, like he flipped out and started yelling at me because there was like an empty water bottle on my nightstand. Oh God. Okay. And I, I, I look over at his nightstand and there's like fucking six empty beer cans and like four empty water bottles on his nightstand mm-hmm. and one empty water bottle on mine. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And I went over <laughs> and I picked up one of the, his empty water bottles and I fucking, I threw it at him and it hit him in the shoulder and he lost his fucking mind. Right. And, um, anyway, so, uh, and, but Liam, the little one, and he was probably four, five at the time. He's 11 now. Um, really? Yeah. The fuck? He, uh, he like he got so upset and i mean he still does he's very sensitive so he got no he is very sensitive. he gets so upset and he started um like freaking out and crying and screaming and and connor looked at him and connor was 10 and he was like it's okay they do this all the time uh, it's it's not a big deal they're not gonna get divorced or anything uh, <laughs> i'm like you could i could hear in the back of his head like man but we also don't if want him to were. think that that's how a relationship is supposed exactly. to look. Exactly. That is a very big deal for me. That, 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 that was an issue. That is a very big deal for and me because, like I said, we teach people how to treat us. Exactly. If so you, you just recently made behavior, a comment. Connor just recently made a comment about, um, and to both of us, about, you know, our relationship. And and uh, and I was like, and I was like, what are you talking about? Like, our, our relationship is awesome now. Now. Now, now, because we've spent years working on it and we've worked through it and we've, we've gotten your dad off all the the medications. I was like, understand that a lot of what he went through is chemically induced. Absolutely. And, um, you know, like now doing what we're doing now, I mean, you must see the difference Mm -hmm. at the same time as we're healing Mick. We also need to show the kids and get them to understand and that where it comes from exactly what, what PTSD so they don't actually is perpe- like perpetuate it with their own children right because like i said we like i used to tell sarah all the time i was like if you're having a little girl i said and do you want her to grow up and be with somebody who treats her the way he treats you right so we teach them yeah and we did teach them because yeah. you know my ex-husband and I used to fight like fucking cats and dogs. Yeah. And DJ and I would just fucking go. Like once he turned, I don't know, like 15, mm-hmm. he was such a dick. Oh my God. I would be like, fuck, bro. And you know how hard it is to like discipline the you mm-hmm. out of your child. Yeah. You know, and DJ was just destined to be like a superstar asshole, right? Because of who his parents are. Let's just be real. But he, you know, but he is also super sensitive, but he also is 100% himself with me. And I also had to realize that we always take out whatever we have going on, on the person we're closest to or the people around us. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, and that is a thing. Like Mick was going through so much. We don't, he probably didn't even really know what was going on in his head because, you know, between the PTSD and the TBI and like all of this stuff happening 
his brain is firing like fucking and literally and trying this, to rewire and, because and, yeah, and, and it's you misfiring, know. you know. Yeah. So when it caught, like I said, it triggers aggression, mm -hmm. right? So that is, but that is something that needs to be explained to them. And so many people don't talk about mental health with their kids. It's like yeah. those same parents that didn't want to talk to their kids about sex. If we don't talk about it, then they're not doing it. Fuck you. They're doing it way more than the rest of us. <laughs> yes. Right. Like those, they'll keep like when we talk about like the whole bubble factor, right? But we we're saying, I'm but like, but are we they don't, now? but we don't. What are they now? That is a whole nother motherfucking topic. I kind of wish they were more than they are, to be honest. Yeah. Because I feel like they're so isolated, and and I feel like they're just confused. You know, here's like the they thing. don't really know what's going on, and they have all this. It's just like us. Like I said, well, they, they uh, the social know, media and everything is Connor, like feeding Connor our said hate. To me right? Something he got. He was so upset the other two months ago, and he was like, "I just don't know who I am." I mean, who the fuck does? I'm like, dude, you're 25. You're, you're like, you're barely 16. You're not supposed to know who you are. That's right. kind of the, the point, point of being, of being a kid. like this age. Like you're, right. you're figuring it out. I'm like, you know, that's, I still. And, and you don't like, even have to be that person. How many, like, you like change I said, how many lifetimes have I had? Exactly. You know, like that is Who the would whole have ever thing. thought I'd be a fucking farmer. And I mean, right. I, I, you, I'm, like you didn't even craft until I introduced you to fucking no unicorns, kit, bitch. So no shit. Yes, you were less like, oh, I don't get that. Oh, yeah, man. I'm like, no. bitch, what the fuck do you mean? Yeah, because it's such a great like. Even if you're shitty at it, it's still a great outlet. Mm -hmm. Like, and you find out that you like things. And now look at how fucking crafty you are. Yeah, right. Like you're building fucking trellises out of fucking pallets and pallets repurposing, and repurposing dressers and, and and fucking tree limbs and shit. Like you're having yeah. a good time. But that's the thing. You don't ever know until you do it, right? So, yeah. but with them, again, you were in your 40s. Were you 42? 44. I know how old you are now. Yeah. I'm trying to think how old you were when we did it. It was like almost. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like almost it was during ago. COVID. Yeah. It yeah. was like almost three years ago. So, yeah, yeah I was like, oh, you got to check out this unicorn spin. You're like, what the fuck is that? And then. Mm -hmm. And then she went fucking ham. And you created a monster. Yes. It was like when I introduced, when Mick finally started smoking weed and we created a monster. Oh, Jesus fuck. He Thank went, you, James, by the way. He went from zero, zero? to a, a fucking 160 in like 0.3 seconds. Right? Yeah. It went from one week in Vegas. Done. It went from you blaming the weed in the house on me, even though I didn't fucking live here, mm -hmm. to... Him waking me up at six o'clock every morning, going, I'm going to load a bowl. Hey, so Heather, check out up. my new piece. Check out my this. Check out my that. And I'm like, oh, fuck, thank God. And he's <laughs> talking about this shit. I can fucking get stoned with it. Yes. It's about time. Right. So, and, and well, and that's the other thing. Like, you know, I'm not saying, you know, getting stoned, you know, every, affects everybody differently, right? Everybody has, and there's so many different strains now. There like really they, is. They like, they use it to, you know, treat IBS, they use it to treat pain, they use it to treat anxiety, they use it to stimulate appetite, they use it for ADHD. They use, there's so many, such a broad spectrum. I've of been using it for ADHD things, for 30 years. Right. And never, I mean, I used to take Adderall for fun occasionally. Yeah. In college, Not but. Fun. No. No. But, you know, all of these different things can be treated just with natural stuff. Yeah. And. I always sound like such a hypocrite because I've been a pharmacy technician for so long, but it's always been the That's same thing. That's because your eyes are completely open because you They've you see the backside, I, yeah, like you see I the dark see side it. of it. And I just, because I know how much it costs us to buy that shit and how much mm -hmm. we're charging. And now, you know, all these tests are coming out that uh, all of these studies are coming out now showing that um, 
anti-depression medications are they all fucking so bullshit that they that they bro. never worked in the first place well okay so and that's the other thing they don't get rid of the depression no it's just another it's a band it's just another coping mechanism yes. like alcohol or blow or, exactly. or heroin or whatever the fuck it is you're into yeah it's just another coping mechanism yeah. right so it just kind of like bears it it's just like pain medication you just take the pain medication because it just takes the pain away but you're not fixing the fucking problem. Exactly. Right? You know, you got to fix the problem for the pain to just go away. You can't yeah. just like put a bandaid over it. And that's really what it does. And I, and I say this from personal experience because I have taken quite a few different types of depression or anxiety medication. Um, I am on one right now, but it's mainly because I'm using it for my ADHD. Until your fucking borage fucking grows. Like, just get your shit together. Um, I, I, I'm planting borage this week. I promise. Uh, so, I'm planting a whole so fucking bed of it. Yeah, just for yeah, you. Yeah. No. Well, for all of us, it's all of so us, amazing. Because really, yeah. I think all five of us. Borage is amazing. Six, yes. Maybe maybe Liam's not ADHD, but we If we'll you guys see. are not familiar with borage, and here in the States, they, have, they often call it borage. Mm -hmm. Just so annoying. B-O-R-A-G-E. Borage. Let Americans fuck up every word. Exactly. Um, it's, it's good for, uh, blood flow it, when you take it as a tincture, like you just literally crush up the leaves, which tastes like cucumber, by the way, you can eat them in salads too. Um, you put them in water and let it soak and you drink it like an infused water, like an infused water. And it's good for, um, ADHD cause it promotes blood circulation. Um, it's, it's good for nausea. Um, it's good for so many things. You can just like crush up the leaves and put them on bug bites. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh yeah like it's the salad um the flowers that the whole thing the whole plant you can eat it's amazing and, well, and so why, underutilized but yeah but it's all so of good it is but, underutilized that's yeah. what and that's what you know that's where i was going with the whole farm idea right like mm -hmm. not do i just want to offer people you know who have mental health you know issues or you know survivors of domestic violence and child abuse which we all know is like a big thing for me but the benefits of holistic medicine. Like there's so many things that we can grow yeah. every day that can treat. How the fuck do you think this species has lived this long? Like exactly. Pharmaceuticals haven't been around that and, long. You know, like here's the thing we've been skirting around the whole time, you know, getting how to deal with your mental health. It's right. So hard. Everybody, but, everybody's different. Well, hold on. But something you said before the show started, um, because Heather's ass was here at fucking 8 30 this morning, which is great. I was actually gonna go pick her up and at like seven. She, or she texted me, she's like, I'm getting gas, I'm on my way. I was like, sweet. Anyway. Yeah, because we look um, like 45 minutes yeah. away from each other. So uh, but and I guess we've always taken it for granted, but Heather and I have been friends for 40 years. Like we've been friends our entire yeah. lives. And there have been times when we haven't we haven't been in touch for, you know, a while. 13 you know, years at one yeah, point. Yeah. Yeah. So um but, and you know, I mean, sometimes it'll be, you know, sometimes three I, I lived with her for a fucking year months. and then I didn't talk to her for like fucking eight months. Yeah. So it's just but not, not you, because we don't you, want to talk to each other, but just because life, life gets fucking in the way. Happens. Yeah. But then you pick up the phone. And it's like we talked yesterday yep, because exactly. that's, that's how it is, how it is. Oh, so you're going back to what we were talking about earlier but, about how I was talking to my dad and how it broke my heart because yeah. he was telling me, he's like, I tried to do what you did. And I got on Facebook and I reached out to some of my friends that I knew when I lived in New York, he's like, his best friend died a while ago, you know, but then there was a couple other people and he's like, they just weren't interested in being my friend. He's like, I was just so like, 
He's like, I'm so jealous. He's like, Heather, like you have these friends. He's like, I don't. He's like, I don't know how you do that. And I was like, what do you mean? I was like, I've been friends with Vanessa for 40 years. I was like, I've been friends with Courtney for almost 30 years. You know, like, I was like, you know, those are my true ride or dies. There's never, you know, yeah. never. Any, I said, but you know, I have my friendships are long term friendships. And he's like, I just, you know, he's like, I just don't have that. And I, and I get where he's coming from, you know, cause he really, like he has like, he and my stepmom have been together since I was 17 years old. Right. Mm -hmm. I love my stepmom. She's an amazing woman. So kind like the complete fucking opposite of yeah my mother and uh you know she's great and she has her people like her like one of her sons lives in vegas and you know one of her grandkids and then you know her sister and brother-in-law and her nephews and like she has all these people and my dad doesn't have anybody i mean his brother lives there but but I there's a difference you know? between but family have, but he doesn't but that's again, just it like he doesn't a difference have any friends family and friends like and I think a part of the farm idea is, is not it's just building a community. It's, it's built, not, it's not building your own family. Is exactly, what I basically it's had building to tell friends. About. Yes. Well, a network. And that's the thing, you know, sometimes I feel like people that pay for counseling are not psychiatrists, but counselors, they're literally just paying someone to be their friend. I think for counseling, like I discussed with Taylor, he, as far as like one-on-one, -on -one, like one -on -one. going to talk to a psychologist. Right. He just does it over the phone. Like that's, that's the yeah. best way. Cause it's super easy to talk to somebody. We don't actually have to fucking look at him. Right. Yeah. But, um, Justin, also you just Justin don't want that. other people. And like, his trauma was so bad that it made his counselor cry. And he didn't hey. know how to handle that. Like, hey, yeah. I, 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 mm -hmm. Taylor's counselors had to hear some shit. Yeah. So, and he even said, he was like, you know, cause I, cause I do, I don't do counseling because that does nothing for me. I tell everybody because fucking you, everything anyway. You don't need I don't counseling. Give a fuck. I don't need counseling. Because you have me. Right. You and have a friend. Like, right. I, have I a don't friend. need counseling because I have you. Right. I have a friend. Someone that no matter how long it's been since we talked, if, if it was yesterday or two weeks ago or two years ago, yeah. if I really need to talk to someone, like if I'm just so dealing with something, I cannot process it. I just need to tell someone. Yeah, sometimes you just have to let it out, bro. Like I'll pick up the phone and I'll call you. Right. No, absolutely. Oh, I do that with you too. I'm like, you know, like, can I call Ex you right now? Like, yes, I, I exactly. Have, I have, and it is true. Like a lot of people don't have, like I said, I was saying, people so, don't have that. Like, if my people son doesn't have, have a real friends, people don't know how to be friends. Exactly. There is no such thing as loyalty in this world. Exactly. Days, right. So my whole thing was like, I had said, I said to my friend Darby who lives in Washington. Right. And I love her family. Like, they, they too are like me where they have these friendships, they're lifelong friendships. Right. And they, that's just how they are. And it's very, like I said, it's very rare to find people like that, which I always thought that this was how it was, it was supposed, supposed to be. be. Right. But then to like, hear my dad say that he didn't have that. And then I know that my son doesn't have that. And then I know that Taylor doesn't have that. And then I know my sister doesn't have that. And I don't even think Darren has that. You know, I don't think any Lydia doesn't have that other than me and you and mostly me. Right. So I didn't realize that I just thought that this is how it was. This is what real friendship looked like. Yeah. Right. I didn't know that other people didn't have that. So I was like feeling sorry for them. I'm like, Oh, I think it so sucks. I feel so sorry for them. Like, you know, if they had a friend they'd be able to talk about their mental health or they'd be able to do this. Right. But I didn't realize that how very lucky I am Yeah, to have you guys, but back to mental health. It is. How do we fix it? We can't fix it. What we have to do is we have to let people know that, it's okay to admit you have shit. Also, a lot of these um, 
Well, because admitting that you have it now. is the first step to dealing it's, with it. It's so, just like admitting that you have a fucking drug problem. Absolutely. Just like admitting you have a admitting any type of problem. But not first using all, it as a crutch, just being like, hey, I have this issue. Right. And here's here's what I'm going to do to fix it. You can't just be like, I have this issue. So, you know what? I'm just going to sit I'm just going to be a piece of shit exactly. because of it. Right, exactly. Right. You can't do that. So many people do that. This is just how I am. Just this how, is yeah, just, just fucking, that's it. And I'm the first person to tell you that, like, you get all of me all up front. I don't hide anything. They don't hold anything back. Yep. Like, and that, this is true. And that is just like, they I know had, that with me too. So. I had a coworker and we went out to eat. We took DJ out to eat because he came to visit me in Washington and we were sitting at the table. She's like, you know what, Heather? Cause she sounds like me. She's like, you know what, Heather? You're a lot. And I'm like, excuse me, bitch. And she's like, well, you're a lot. You're just like, you give it all, all at once. You don't hold anything back. And I was like, but this way there is no fucking surprises. You are not surprised at all. I was like, because the day I lose my shit, you'll just be like, oh, it's Heather. Yep. Right, whatever. I was like, you guys aren't going to be like, oh my God, I didn't know Heather was like that. I was like, yeah, Heather's customer service voice went to fucking Harvard. But as soon as you piss me off, it's open mic night at the fucking trap house and I'm fucking bringing it hard. Right. And they, they know it. Right. But I don't hide it. And even DJ was like, you know what? Michelle's right. You are kind of a lot. And I was like, you know, fuck you. Like, you know, because I talked to him just like I talked to everybody else. But, mm -hmm. and um, he, I was like, I never thought that I was a lot. I just thought, I was like, you know what? Because I wish people came with warning labels, right? <laughs> so, like, mm -hmm. people put on this front, like, right from the off. Yes. And I am not saying that I haven't changed over the years. I've evolved so much. Like, I, it's everybody always, changes. It's and, well, and you have to be open mm -hmm. to change people who are like, oh, I don't like change. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. Motherfucker, you're going to be left behind. And I'm going to tell you where all those bitches live. They live right fucking here in the South. Um, <laughs> I know that makes me a dick. I love the South for, you know, with the exception of the bugs and the people. Um, <laughs> well, it's just very. No, I totally get it. Like, my parents, you know how open I am. I am like the house, most open my parents house that I grew up in. I loved that fucking house. It was the most beautiful house. Mm hmm. I loved the land. Like I loved the I property. Love it's beautiful. It was gorgeous. I was like, I just, I hate the fucking people. I hate the politics. I hate the snow. I like, can we just pick up this piece of land and move it move like it somewhere there? Right. Elsewhere. Right. You know? And, and I feel that. I get that. Yeah. I do. Um, but because I am so open-minded and I've always been that way. I've always just been like able to accept everybody for who they, I just, just take you how you are mm -hmm. because I, and that's also my problem is that I because I'm so upfront and I am very genuine. There is no misconception of who I am. I never fake anything. This face does not allow it. Mm -hmm. um, I try, like, that's how I expect people to be. But I've had to learn over the years that that's not how people are. They show you what they want to show you in the beginning so they can get you sucked in. It doesn't matter if it's a friend, a coworker, a fucking romantic relationship. It doesn't, your boss, it doesn't matter. They show you who they want you to think they are or the person that they actually want to be. Mm -hmm. But then the truth comes out and they're not that person. And that sucks, right? And I was like, you never have to worry about that with me. I was like, that's never a fucking thing. I was like, I have always been this way. I was like, I may not want to tell you my deepest, darkest secrets, but I'm also the type of person that will not, not answer a direct question, right? Unless it makes me really uncomfortable and it's something that I don't want people to know. And then I'll be like, you know, I don't really want to talk about it. I said, but I don't think I've ever been in that situation. I just, you know, whatever. Because for me, it's just... I'm an open book. That's why I don't need a counselor. I don't need a counselor because I can tell anybody anything. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. Because I'm not the type of person who needs to talk to people about my shit. All I want to do is learn about it. So that's what I did because that's how I am able to comprehend and work on my mental health is by 
researching it and understanding triggers and how it affects your central nervous system and like all of this other stuff. And then, you know, symptoms and signs of anxiety that I really didn't know were that I now am able to see. Once you open yourself up and you actually read about, you know, triggers and PTSD and all that stuff, mm-hmm. you can now, you look at people differently, not because you're judging them, but you notice different things that you never would have noticed before. Like you notice their nervous tics or like, you know, people sitting there doing this, like all this little stuff. They, you notice all of those things and you're like, oh, you know, and even not that bad, they probably got some shit going on, right? It makes you, once you have to read about it, if it's something that you've experienced and then you're researching about it and learning how to deal with it and learning where it comes from, yep. it is easier for you to see it in other people. Oh, Because those people who were like, I yeah. feel, like Taylor's like, I thought it was just me. I didn't even know what this was. He's like, I didn't even know what to call this. That's how I feel with jab injuries. I've spent so much, I've spent so, so long now researching the side effects of the jab yeah. and what it causes. Now I look at people and all their different illnesses and I'm like, you have a jab injury, you have a jab injury, you have a jab injury, right. you know, because I, because I understand the science behind it. Right. I understand how it works in your body to cause this, that, and the other mm-hmm. thing. And hopefully, you know, how to try and fix it and mitigate the symptoms at the very least. Um, but no, I, I totally get that. Yeah. Like once you, once, once you, you see open it, yourself you up can't to it, unsee you can't it. unsee yeah. it, right? Yep. Yes. Yeah. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. Yeah. And that, and that's the thing. And, and, but people like, like I said, like Taylor, he, and even DJ, DJ wouldn't admit for the longest time that he, I was like, I don't have anxiety. I'm just stressed out. I'm like, DJ, that's fucking anxiety. Like he had debilitating anxiety to the point where he just like, couldn't, like he still doesn't really leave the house, but that's just because he thinks people suck. They do. And he's like, I don't really have, he's like, are we going to Vanessa's house? And I'm like, no, I'm going to just like, I'm fucking staying home then. You know, like he's not, I'm not fucking going. <laughs> I am a fucking one. I hate, but I hate going out. I, honestly, I, you know what? I do too. I have to get out of the house because I do realize I am a very social animal. Hey, I can get out of the house and go right there to my yard. Right. No, my garden, I'm a, I'm a and very socialized with my chickens and my ducks and then come on here and socialize with y'all. But see, I don't. And that's it. You know that when I come and visit you. I know. I have so excited to talk to another fucking human that doesn't fucking live with me mm-hmm. that I just talk your fucking ear off, but it's because I'm used to like, I worked outside of the home forever until the last couple, like what, two years or something. Mm -hmm. So I'm used to interacting with people. And because I've lived all over the country, that's how I made friends. That's how I met people, you know, whatever. So I'm a very social person and I need social interaction, but it has to, I hate to say it has to be in a controlled environment, but it kind of does. Like I would rather socially interact with coworkers that I know have to be somewhat respectable and keep their fucking shit together instead of pissing me off. Mm-hmm. Because guess what? I have to do the same thing because just because I don't like you doesn't mean I don't need a paycheck. Um, yeah. But when you're, when I go out and I leave, like I went to fucking Home Depot last weekend and I walked out without my fucking wood stain, which means I did not stain my fucking pallets last weekend. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I was so fucking irritated. I was like, I gotta get out of here. I can't put myself in those positions. I cannot put myself in a position where I am going to be having to interact with people who are supposed to be providing good customer service or, and then also last weekend, and you can ask Taylor, he's like, is cunt just your word today? And I was like, it happens sometimes. I was like, was it a Tuesday? It was, no, it was fucking <laughs> Sunday. I was driving around. Okay, well, that's even better. So see you next Tuesday. Yeah, I, it was fucking, it was Sunday and I was driving around and you know how fucking shitty the drivers are they saw, here uh, in South Carolina and fucking Georgia. Uh, and I was like, did you see that fucking cunt? Just fuck, fucking bitch. God damn it. Fucking cunts can't drive. 
right? And I'm like yelling and going off, and he's just like, dude, bro. I was coming. And I was no, like, I, was I can't help home. it. I'm like, I, I get I so to, mad. I had to bring Connor to play practice last Sunday, and I was coming home. I was rushing in in time for the show, mm-hmm. and I got stuck behind a Maserati. A Maserati doing 15 miles an hour. A fucking Maserati doing 15 miles an hour. I was and like, that is I why don't I think said the car is even possible. It's not even fucking capable like, is it of going even on? that slow. Yes. Like, do you understand where the gas pedal is and the, the steering wheel? Like, it's the big pedal on the right. Yeah. And the, the thing in the middle. Fucking drive your car. Yeah. Holy shit. I get so, um, that, anyway. that's my, and that's, and like I said, Everybody's like, oh, you're such a nice person. Like I helped that lady with the, you know, the washer and dryer a couple uh-huh. weeks ago. Right. And she's like, oh, you're such a nice person. I was like, yeah. It's like, I wouldn't fucking take it that far, bitch. You didn't hear me driving over here. Like, <laughs> I was like, you have no idea. I'm like, I'm super fucking nice. And I'll give you the shirt off my back. But motherfucker, do not cut me off. Like, because yep. now I'm just like, I'm a verbal driver. I told you that. Like, I'm verbally aggressive. Uh, I'm not an aggressive well, and we all see that's the other thing. And too. that's the other thing. To be fair, yeah. pass me the bung and the, the uh, grinder because we're going to. We're going to do a high noon. We're going to do what Liana does and do a high noon smoking here. So four minutes, y'all get ready or three minutes. We'll do our Justin tribute before we get out of here. And then with the, we were talking about how uh, the pharmaceuticals exacerbate um, mental -hmm. health issues. And that is very true. But then also, like you said, with the antidepressants, they really don't work and they are a bandaid. Like if you are not focusing on work, you have to do the work. It's like, and I'm probably going to piss some people off when I say this. No, it's like going to AA or NA mm-hmm. or whatever the fucking A you need to go to. Yeah. Right. But you're not addressing the issue. Because just going to a support group that helps you not drink is is awesome. Good for you. I'm so proud of you. Like, good job. Why what were you drinking like? in the first place? Like, what made like what was it that was causing you to drink? What were you trying to hide? Because if you don't address that issue, you're never going to heal. Yeah. And you were always going to struggle with the problem. It's the same thing when we talk about with your physical health, where you have to address the underlying cause. Otherwise, you're just putting a Band-Aid on it. Like that's why we started researching down into parasites and doing, you know, Mm -hmm. cleanses and things like that, because what causes inflammation, what causes pain, what causes what causes these issues? Your mental health is the same thing. It's the same exact thing. We talk about it, you know, and I say I tell you guys. And see, you I see. I always thought. I hate to say this. I always thought that Mick was anti mental health. Like I really did think for the longest time that he would be the type of person that if I told him, you know, that I was having a fucking panic attack or something, that he wouldn't get it. Like, Justin changed him too. But uh, and and I think Taylor felt that way too. And I told him, I was like, you know, I don't know why you don't just talk to Ryan. And he was like, what? And I was like, why don't you just talk to fucking Ryan? I was like, you know. Those are our people. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I thought those are your people. I said, well, motherfucker, you married me. So just like fucking Ryan got me, they got you. You know, that's just yeah. how it goes. But he also is like, well, I don't know that Ryan would understand. I said, if anybody, like he may not understand like your particular issue. I said, but Ryan is no stranger to PTSD and the effects of trauma. I was like, he is no stranger to that because of what he has been through. I said, so, you know, you really, but it is hard, you know, when you've never been in a relationship where you've never been in a situation where you've had somebody that you can confide in, somebody that you felt safe with. And he's never felt safe with anybody. He said, that's why I said, I get all of his stuff, but I'm not the only one who gets all of his stuff. You know, DJ, uh, he talks to DJ a lot about his, about his shit. And, uh, 
because he knows that it hits me a little, mm-hmm. fuels my hate fire, right? Uh, and I don't need any help in that area for some some things and some people because we all know how child abuse is a very, and people don't think that they're doing child abuse. And now let me just be clear, child abuse is not just physical. There are so many other forms yeah. of abuse. Domestic violence, it's not. It's well, domestic abuse because like being was- abused mentally physically, emotionally, sexually, financially, those are all forms of abuse. Like like holding, oh, you want this, that, and the other? Okay, well, I'm going to need three blowjobs for that. No, you fucking tell me that that doesn't happen because I know for a goddamn fact that it does. I have plenty of female friends that's like, I have to barter. If I want to do this and I want to go out and I want to go do that, then I have to do this, this and that. It is very, very common for those to be uh, narcissistic mm-hmm. behavior. Like that's how they control you. They're like, Oh, you need to ask permission. Well, I can tell you motherfucker, you don't, I didn't ask permission for nothing. Like yeah. I don't ask permission for any, and I don't ask for forgiveness either. Like I'm just going to fucking do it. I'm just going to fucking do it. I was like, what the fuck is that? Seamus. <laughs> it's the wolf pack. Yes. Oh, yes. Um, no, there's just so many different forms of trauma and people just don't understand it. All right, now I'm just telling y'all, a month ago, Heather could not take oh, a bong hit. so excited. You know what? Well, let's just take the first one so everyone can see how fucking better your lungs have gotten on Cardio Miracle, high-dose vitamin C and vitamin D, distilled water, and eggs. Ah, look at that shit. Clear that bitch. Yep. Oh, look at that. She even took the double hit before she cleared it. Yeah. Damn, skip me, gotta go. (laughs) But (laughs) I also find, I don't know if I told you that I got the Exoflex from uh, Aurora Leisure Circles or whatever. Excellent. (laughs) Taylor has, he's only been on it (laughs) a week. I have not heard him complain. I mean, so this is the I guy did get that, a, like, I did get an house. affiliate link for the vitamins. Um, and I'm getting a, uh, I'm, get, job, I'm just getting a website set up. Yeah, Heather set <laughs> that shit up. Um, I'm getting a website to, to redirect it because it's one of those weird affiliate links. Although I did post it in the Telegram. Um, but uh, I should have that up by Monday. I've got to update the website too. Um, but the featured sponsor for today is Cardio Miracle. Um, you can get that at defiantmiracle.com and save uh, with promo code defiant. So defiantmiracle.com, use promo code defiant for the Cardio Miracle because it is seriously life-changing. And it really is. Like I'm, I know I told you guys every time I've been on here that I don't promote things that I don't believe in and haven't had a personal experience with. But I have... My dad asked me, like, my dad lives in Vegas. I live in fucking South Carolina, and I was just talking to him on the phone, and he's been, like, he's, like, my biggest cheerleader on Facebook. He's the best. Um, and he follows, and he's, like, he's, like, Heather, what is this that you're taking? Bitch, remember, I gotta leave sometimes, too. Yeah, I know. I mean, you can stay a little bit longer. I still gotta give Shannon a bath before I go to the parade. The parade doesn't start till 3. It'll take me an hour to get there. And probably I have to pick an up hour to find parking, so yeah, it'll be fine. Pick Taylor up somewhere. Okay. Um, so anyway, my dad, I was on the phone with him, and I was telling him, you know, he's like, 
He's like, what is this stuff that you're taking? I was like, oh, Vanessa's nasty dirt water. And he's like, yeah, I saw you post about it. He's like, but I can hear it like in your voice. He's like, you sound like you have so much energy. He's like, you just, you know, seem so much better. And I have to say, I've been on it for four weeks today. And I have not had one day, one symptom of my COVID, long-term COVID symptoms. I, my, my, your vaccine injury. Yeah. Well, that, and then having COVID. Long COVID is, yeah. yeah. It was terrible. So I haven't had any shortness of breath. I haven't had any nausea, like not related to a migraine. Like, yeah, you real, I still get those, but that's just always have. I've always had. So, and then I haven't had any of my dizzy spells. I'm not, I'm not exhausted. Like, yeah. Like DJ's like, oh, you're in here cooking like twice a day now. Not in bed at seven o'clock at night anymore. Right. Exactly. So, you know, we're staying up later. I know this because your bitch ass is texting me at like 10 and I'm like, fuck, I got to go to bed. Yes. And that's, you know. Yeah. Because I'll. You know, I have those random thoughts and I'm like, fuck if I don't send it. No, I know. I gotcha. I gotcha. And I stopped giving a fuck about what time it was. Right. Honestly, after Justin, I stopped caring about time zones and time and whatnot. Because I was like, and you know, it is really hard. It is hard to have, like, I've I've done that to you when I lived in Washington. You're like, you know what fucking time it is? And I'm like, you know what? I don't even care. Like, I fucking forgot. Like, because I would not think about you being, I was thinking, Mm -hmm. I need to talk to my friend. Yeah. Not. She's three caring. hours ahead of me, right? So, and the reason I say it's because of Justin is because for like, from the time we left until the time he killed himself, I kept getting this urge to to like to call him or up. text him or whatnot. And I texted him a couple times, you know, text me back, but like, I go to pick up the phone and call him, but it was like eight o'clock in the morning. I'm like, fuck, it's five o'clock in the morning in Vegas. I can't fucking call him, you know. And yeah, I'm bad about So you know, I, I was like, so and then. So I didn't talk to him for that time. Right. And so then after that, I was like, nope. If I get the urge to call you, if I call you and it's fucking five o'clock in the morning or two o'clock in the morning or something like that. Yeah. I know that I know what time it is where you are and I don't give a fuck. Yep. That's definitely, that's definitely a thing. Yeah. And I tell people that like, they're like, oh, I was like, because again, I still have people in, you know, Vegas or sometimes I'll text Monica and I'll be like, fuck. And when she texts me back, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot. You know, like, she's like, oh, she's like, I, it's, it's on silent. She was like, it didn't even wake me up. And I was yeah. like, oh, okay, because I keep mine on silent too, but I keep it on vibrate most of the time. Like, I don't like any like real sound, but it vibrates and is really loud on my end table, and I, I'll keep it there. And if that goes off at any time, I'm like, I have to answer that because yeah. first of all, everybody knows. I turned into my father and I don't want phone calls after nine o'clock at night. <laughs> my do not disturb goes on it. It's on from, I think, I think they're 11 to 11 to six. I think it is. Yeah. I think mine's like, might be, t- no, it's 10. It might be 10, 10 to six. I think mine's 10, 30, 10, 30 to seven. Yeah. But I mean, I can still, I'm usually up it, until but, 11, but, you but know, I just, yeah, I still yeah, get I it. Wanna, but no. I don't want to deal with it. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, but if I get so I just like what I say, just keep it on vibrate because if anybody calls me at that time, it's obviously somebody I know and it's not like a bullshit fucking phone call. So, yeah, yep, that is definitely a thing. But I told you, it's just you know, sometimes you have to have somebody you need to reach out to. And I think, I think you're right. I think a lot of people actually don't have that. And that, you know, that's probably a big contributing factor to why, yeah, especially now to been, you know, get to where I am because I have had like I was, oh, that's what I was talking about earlier. My friend in Washington, Darby. We were talking about it. I was like, you know what? I said, I am so glad 
because I don't have a whole lot of family. Right? Mm-hmm. I said, and I don't get a whole lot of family support. Let's just be real. Yeah. Um, I said, I am so glad that I have managed to build myself a little family all over the country. Yep. Because you guys have been super supportive. Yeah. So supportive. And I think that that's definitely a contributing factor to me being able to get to where I am now. Like, obviously, I get sad about it because it's like, fuck, man, if I didn't have that, like, I couldn't understand what it's like for somebody who never had anybody to talk to like that. Like, I couldn't understand when my sister was like, I don't have anybody to talk to like that. And I was like, okay, fine. She's not the person. She's not my person. But yeah, like to find out that they don't even have a person, it kind of made me feel shitty. I was like, man, I'm a horrible sister. But well, relationships go both ways. So. They do. They do. You're right. Yep. People, but people don't know, you know, that was when we moved here, when we moved a year ago, yes, just over a year ago, and I was homeschooling Liam and I loved homeschooling him. Right. And, and it made a huge difference in him too. Not just as far as the, you know, learning goes, right. but as far as, I mean, before that, like he was, he was really a dick, you know? <laughs> I'm I don't know what you're talking about. He's always been a sweetheart to me. I mean, he is a like, total always. sweetheart. But I, in, in especially how he acts with, with his brother. Connor was a dick. Connor's always a dick. He's <laughs> funny though. Um, now but, I like Connor. Now, like I like. I knew I he, liked, he grew up to be cool. Yeah, because but, when he was a kid, I was just like, I just want to fuck smack the shit out of this kid. And I don't even hit people's kids. I don't even hit my kid. <laughs> but fuck, I want to smack this kid sometime, right? Yeah. But not, but it's because he literally grew up with people just like us. Yes. Because he, he like, grew up he with just us. Says, grew up with us. It wasn't right? just like us. He grew up with, <laughs> with us. Right. Okay, so we did that. We him. we did that to him. And that's how it is with DJ. I'm like, I can't even talk shit. Like, I, and then like, but I feel like Liam was so affected, especially by Mick's severe PTSD when right. he was so young he was little. and he really didn't. And he's so empathetic. He really didn't know how, to process it, to process all that anger. He didn't know how to, right. He didn't know how to deal with it. So he, he'd lash out, he'd act out. And, you know, I could see how sweet he was, oh, is, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah. he's just got this beautiful shining soul, but he'd get so angry. Like when we were in, get so angry. I've never seen him like that. Oh my God. He gets so angry sometimes. Uh-huh. So, oh yeah. So we're bringing him here. Used to get like that when he was little. Yeah, oh yeah. Bringing him here and homeschooling him. And I really, I taught him, I taught him control. I taught him to differentiate between his own emotions and other people's emotions, right? Because he is so empathetic. He, he is can, very, you know. Sensitive. I taught him how to shield from that, um, and, and you know, besides doing two years of school in one year, you know, we really struggled with putting him back in public school, right? Especially the way the schools are today, but. He needs a social interaction too. But I know we. Say- I want him. I think you know what I figure. Where now the schools here, there are there is no good public school. I'm sorry, there is no good public school. They're all indoctrination. They're all indoctrination camps at this any point. Of them are good. Exactly. At all. They're all indoctrination camps. I can I can do the school here in fucking honestly thirty minutes a day. Honestly. Um, at, to keep him at the pace he was at maybe 45 minutes to an hour. So I'll keep him in school over the summer in homeschool over the summer. Mm-hmm. Right. And he'll learn all of next year, this summer. So mm-hmm. he'll go into sixth grade already knowing already. So, yeah. cause it'll, it'll just, it'll be great for him. But I, I want him to find that friend. I want him right. to He's, find yeah. 
a friend. A it's not about how many friends you have. Right. It's finding that one person that's going to be by your side for, for the rest of your life. And, and honestly, I think that, I think that so much part of the, not the, not necessarily the gender dysphoria, but like why so many kids are con confused about their sexuality these days is because they don't know how to really be friends. They don't know how to tell the difference between a friend and a girlfriend, boyfriend, you know, that could be definitely a contributing factor. I'm not saying that's all of it, no, uh, you know, yeah. but uh, certainly, but I also you know, think that, uh, cause it doesn't matter what I, my, my best, my, my other best friend, my other long time friend who I've been friends with, not as long as you, but I've been friends with him for 30 years. Um, yeah, 30, 30 years since we were 14, um, is my friend whose wedding I went to oh. last year up in mm -hmm. Pennsylvania, right? right? Uh, my friend Dave and, and same thing. And when I went up to his wedding, it was the first time I'd seen him since my wedding. Right. But it, you know, we still, we talk, you know, sometimes we talk four days in a week. Sometimes we don't talk for four months, Yeah, you know, yeah, absolutely. it's just the like same, a, it's the same yeah. thing. Just like me um, and you, me and Courtney. That's yeah. Just, it's just, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what sex this, the other person is. Um, you just, you have to find that, that friend, that, yeah. that person right. that you can always call and, and talk to and hash it out and with. And that will know tell well, you who, that yes. they'll call you out on your shit. And you're like, listen, I, cause I'm that friend. I'm well, like, yeah. listen, I'll call you out on your shit all the time. I don't fucking agree with you, Yep. but that doesn't mean I'm not going to have you back because yeah. you're my person. Like I will, yeah. I will support you because I'm your friend. Like, but I'm going to tell you right now, if you're going to go down the asshole road, you better be ready to go all the fucking way. I was like, because I'm going to support you the whole fucking way. Like, it doesn't matter what it is. You want to be a dick? I'm right behind you. Mm -hmm. You you love this person? You're all in? I'm all in. But you don't, you have to have that person with you. Yeah. I think that's the the key. I do. Yep. So. All right. Well. I gotta get out of here. I know. I fucking hate you, man. I know. I love you too. Babe. <laughs> You're a fucking cunt. <laughs> I know. Yes. Um, but it's yeah, you know, it just but it is when you know it is what it is. You have to have that person that can do that. Yeah. You or for you. Yeah. And I solidly believe that. I do not think that there's any other way to do it. Because you know, you marry the person you're in love with, right? And you want that person to be your best friend. Yeah. But sometimes it doesn't work out. It doesn't work out. It's not that it doesn't work out, but that you just it's not you need you need somebody other than your partner. Yeah. Is basically what I'm saying. Well, because if right? because yeah. you have your partner. Yeah. But you can't really bitch to your partner about your partner because it's your partner. Yeah. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like I can't be like, bitch, you know what happened today? No, you know what this motherfucker did to me today? No, you're the motherfucker I have to tell. No, I can't do that. So I need yeah. somebody that I can do that. And then they're like, and they're like, well, why do you have to have that? I'm like, motherfucker, you need that too. I was like, because yep. you need somebody that you can be like, I love this bitch, but motherfucker. Like some days uh, she's like a fucking giant fucking 
asshole running around the house. Like I'm like a fucking <laughs> toddler, right? Like a little domestic terrorist yep. at home. Right. And that's true. Like it's 100% true. And it's like, you have to have somebody that you can talk to about that shit. You can't walk. I'm an asshole, dude. You can't walk around your the rest of your life without somebody to be bitching to about me, bro. Because Absolutely. I, it will drive you crazy. <laughs> like I am such a dick. And it's like, fuck. Like, yeah. he, he's like, he's like, you really are a fucking dick. Like he says it to me at least once a day at least once a day well yeah i say it to mick too because you're you are mick without a day i know <laughs> i know you know, know how they say a woman marries a man just like her father no i married a man just like my best fucking friend yep. okay sure did <laughs> sure did and and i think that's why him and i get and we are so like 15 minutes on 15 minutes early is on time on time is late and late is unacceptable that is us <laughs> and motherfucker you better fuck you better dress right too like we just are very very much like that i don't seem like i'm like that but i am so like that yeah. i do not like being late to anything at all ever pisses me off it puts me behind for the day and guess what when i walk in late everybody's gonna be like oh yeah there's that bitch she's fucking late like no <laughs> i've had enough anxiety up in this bitch you don't need to be getting like causing any extra attention right yeah so, me i don't give a fuck yeah oh, that bitch you're fucking late <laughs> I cannot. I'd be like, bitch, I gotta, bitch, we gotta go. Yeah, I'm like, now nah, we got plenty of time. She wasn't Let's even dressed when we drove to the wedding. <laughs> she showed up at the wedding. The dress was in my I didn't know whose car was in. vehicle. I don't know where the fuck your dress was, but you were just in a slip and pantyhose. Yep. And I was just like, we're doing it. I didn't even have <laughs> shoes on. I was like, fuck it, we're doing it. Let's go. I had on socks because yep. all I brought was the boots that I wore up there and then my chucks for the yep. wedding and then my actual wedding shoes and i was like motherfucker i'm not putting those boots on i'm wearing sweat fuck this and i just walked out of the house and in, in out of the airbnb just in socks i showed up i'm like don't judge me right it was a rough fucking morning i got up at six o'clock in the morning i started cutting up like nine pounds of fucking pork you know to make you know food for the wedding yep party and i was just like i hate everybody like i barely fucking made it to the wedding we barely made it yeah. Oh, we made it. It was a beautiful wedding. Oh, it was beautiful. Yeah, it was. Yep. Yes, I have all the evidence. Yep, absolutely. Yes. Anyway, all right, all right, y'all. Um, Mick and I will not be back tomorrow, as uh, we oh, have yet another St. Patrick's Day thing going on. Um, yeah, Celtic Cross Mass and parade tomorrow, and then the ceremony down at Emmett Square. Anyway, um, and then the lunch with the bishop. It's fucking any. It's an all day affair. So yeah, just remember, I love you. I I know. I so, can't do that stuff. I know. I know. It's it is what it is. So, uh, but that we will be back. We, make. we will be back on Monday at five forty five for Liana's Lounge, six p.m. for the start of the show, Patriot Party Podcast. So Monday, and um, yeah, that's it. So I hope y'all uh, enjoyed. Our conversation. This is how we are all the time. Yes. And um, so for Velen. Okay. Bye. Seven. Oh, Heather. I changed my name. Did you tell them? Oh, we didn't tell them. No. I changed my name. So I know you introduced me earlier. I know it's your best friend, but I, let me tell you how fucking ridiculous it is oh, Jesus. to be a woman and have to go get your fucking name changed. Okay. So I had to go to get my marriage certificate and I said to the probate judge I okay so who do I have to go to first do I have to go to the, the DMV to get a new driver's license or do I have to go to social security first and because I've been told two different things and she's like you know honestly it doesn't matter 
it's, it just depends on who you get at the window, whether or not they know it or want to deal with it. And I'm like, okay. So then I get to the DMV because I figured that's the fucking easiest way to do this shit. And this bitch is like, no, you have to go to social security. And I'm like, okay. I was like, and then I can come right back. Right. And she's like, cause that's, cause that's how it is in Vegas. And she's like, uh, no, you have to wait 48 hours. I'm like, I'm not going to have a day off during the week for another six months. Are you fucking kidding me right now? Why do we have to go through so much trouble? Why do we have to change our name? It's driving me crazy. Um, I know I have to change my name on everything, like because I'm certified, nationally certified, and I'm licensed in fucking five really? states, and I have to change all of these things. Oh Jesus! And my passport. Oh, you don't remember going through all? Oh no, you haven't had to deal with all the licenses and stuff. It was a long time ago too. So yes. no, so much work. So much work, bro. Yeah. Anyway, all right. So uh, we'll be back Monday at five forty-five. So. Let's get out of here. Did you send me that uh I that song? Did not because you I didn't did not find it. All right. Well then I can't remember the chick's name. We'll play this. Y'all have a great day. Thanks for watching. I, okay. I don't wanna act too high and mighty because tomorrow I may fall down on my face. Lord, thank you for sunshine, thank you for rain, thank you for joy, thank you for pain. It's a beautiful day. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a beautiful day, hey. So thank you for sunshine, thank you for rain, thank you for joy, thank you for pain. It's a beautiful day, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a beautiful day, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a beautiful day. Sometimes life is good, but then the trouble comes my way.
Death and rest.